0: Coming up on episode 110 of Pixel Guide N. Do you modify your hardware? A new accessory for Tim's Vic 20. We discuss the new Super Mario game and a cool new summer homebrew showcase. There's a first-person shooter PC and Mac battle. We talk a little bit about ROM hacks. We lament the death of a local brewery. Discuss a mind-blowing new Atari toy. And Eric insults children in general. One.
1: Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. Welcome to
0: Pixel Guy Day. Featuring Cody, Eric, and Tim Drew! Now, here are your hosts, Eric Nelson! and cody hoffman welcome eric
1: and all welcome. you listeners exactly welcome to you cody
0: as we record episode 110 of pixel guide if you are a fan of pixels and you f- if you are a fan of japanese side stories which is what guide means eric then you are going to be a fan of Pixel Guy Den, your number one place for retro video game talk and retro-inspired video game talk. It is July.
1: <laughs> it is July. It's hot. It's the heat. Bring on the heat.
0: It is, it is that time of year where we go, oh, it's really hot, and we complain about it for three months, and then we complain about like how everything's on fire here in California.
1: That's right. Uh, but it's been pretty mild in regards to that, and it's actually been fairly mild in regards to the heat. So, I really can't complain. We haven't had that many days of super hot.
0: Oh, well, it's coming, my friend, because.
1: Oh, no. Oh, I know.
0: Up here on Sunday, it's supposed to be 108. I believe down there, it's like 115 or something. Something. Yeah, something and crazy. I'm going to a
1: volleyball tournament. <laughs> In indoor
0: volleyball, I hope?
1: No. Oh, my <laughs> <Beach> God. <gosh. volleyball. laughs> Are you kidding me? Going to my daughter's beach volleyball <laughs> tournament outside. <laughs> outside, so I'm going to be roasting.
0: Uh, We're actually going to specifically leave that day to go an hour uh, higher up in elevation until we hit about that 7,000-foot elevation mark uh, in Donner Lake, so we can be at the beach there, where it'll probably be like 85, a a cool 85, exactly. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, on this episode of Pixel Guide In, we've got a number of things to wet your whistle, uh, such as... We're gonna hear from Tim with the Tea Time with Tim segment. Uh, he's gonna talk about fun games with the Vic twenty and the uh, the Pen Ultimate plus two cartridge from the Future Was eight bit, which is an yep. awesome new Vic twenty cartridge for that computer. And uh fun fact, I don't did he he released already, right, Eric?
1: he did release it yes yes he did and in fact here is my copy right here
0: yeah yeah but i'm, I'm talking about uh tim releasing his video with the oh, exact yes, same yep,
1: th- oh, oh yes yes he he did he so released if you want to see video it, already it is up it is up uh, online on our youtube channel
0: you want to see it with some uh, some some videos and some uh see a little bit more of tim than you've ever wanted to see then go ahead and hop on our youtube channel on pixel guide in and you can see uh see it there as well Uh, Then, of course, Eric and I are going to catch up on some news. Lots of news this time. Lots of big stuff happening in July, apparently. There are. Um, And, of course, we are going to Battle of the Systems, which we take two games that have something in common and see which one's better. And, Eric, which games do we cover this time?
1: So, we are covering Marathon uh, that Mm -hmm. was originally released on the Mac Uh, But it's available now on PC. We talked about that on uh, June episodes. We talked about how they were released publicly on for PC and you could just download those and play those for free. Um, And so Marathon versus Star Wars Dark Forces. And that one was originally released on PC, I believe.
0: Yeah, actually, it's funny because I'll talk about it later. My first time ever playing it was on the Mac, but it's typically known as to be a, a PC title primarily. Um, I think it was on the PlayStation as well, but you played it with a mouse. You, it's a PC game, and Marathon was an exclusive Mac game, one that I grew up with. So I was really excited about this battle. I'm very curious to see what you what you uh, felt about these two games, but we'll get to that last in this episode. Um, I did, Eric, uh, spend most of the, the last month in Germany and Austria, as, as you know. So I was really c- counting on you and uh, Tim to carry the show.
1: Yeah, I think we did. In fact, I'm very nervous about these shows because the opposite reason of usually what I'm nervous about. I'm usually nervous I don't have enough content, but I've been real busy and I have tons of stuff to talk about. So much so that I'm worried I'm going to either leave something out or forget something because it's been almost a month since we record.
0: Well, I will make room for you, my friend, because I did not (laughs) do as much. Uh, In fact... I will let you in on a little secret, which we'll cover even more thoroughly next episode when we, uh, when we catch up, when Tim mm-hmm. joins us and we catch up. Uh, I was going to tell you all about the retro gaming, uh, retro gaming stores and finds and stuff I was going to uh, report back on from Germany. Yeah. Uh, the answer is nothing.
1: Uh, <laughs> there, there we go. You didn't find, there was nothing there or you just didn't find time to go?
0: Uh, both.
1: Aww. I know
0: um, Yeah I, I uh, we, we I, I looked in each town we went to But uh, the, the towns we went to Outside of Munich the towns were all very small And they did not have places um, I wouldn't know where to look anyways If there were like little car boot sales Or whatever they have over there in Europe I don't know uh, anyways, it anyways, I wasn't expecting to find much Or to drag my family along with me to do it But uh, I couldn't find a place to even drag them If I wanted to so well,
1: it is what it is.
0: There's my report. I did buy a couple of board games over there, which is cool. Oh,
1: that's cool. Because they're very that big into cool. board
0: games in Germany. And, yeah. uh, and oh my goodness, just just Beer Everywhere, which was, that's another game, uh, Pixel and staple, beer.
1: Yes. So you could talk about some beer. That's what I would like to hear about.
0: I can talk about beer. And what I will tell you... And I don't remember while I was when I last went to Germany, I was eight, so yeah I guess I don't remember the beer scene as as well as I thought I did, but <laughs> right they really do talk about like how you know you have that town's beer they're like, oh that yeah. that beer has that beer is in this town, that beer is in this town. You go to those restaurants, every restaurant has that beer, and you might be able to order a Pilsner or a lager, whatever they have. they might have okay. both, and that's it. Uh, you can ask for a Hefeweizen. Some restaurants will have a Hefeweizen. Otherwise, a lot of times they're bottled. But your options are one, two, or maybe three beers. But you typically just say, "I, I will have," you know, the Schnitzel with the beer, and they are, they bring you the beer. Yeah,
1: so. that's fine with me. I I love Pilsners <laughs> and Lagers, so I'm I that would that sounds perfect. I got that a little I got a little perfect. light
0: beard out over there. I, on the rare occasion, I found a Dunkel, a dark beer, yeah. th- and I was digging the Dunkels. Dunkles um,
1: are great. ESBs are great. So that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would love to take a vacation with no IPAs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing I really loved about the beer scene over there, though. First of okay. all, everyone you know, fully just drink beer wherever, whenever. You can open Perfect. carry. You can drink wherever you want. Um, yeah. I could go to a vending machine. I, I bought beer out of a vending machine multiple times. And That's just, awesome. Just sipped it walking down the, stri- the street. Um, the other thing is, is vending machines are also selling like cigarettes and uh, and uh, things like that. Lots of cigarettes. Yeah. Because they smoke, you know, Europe, they, they still smoke all over the place, which I personally don't have a problem with, but I know a lot of people do. Uh, but that was kind of funny because, again, news to me, right? The cigarette packs over there, you know how over here now we're starting to get those really big things in there that says, you know, this this is bad for your health may cause yeah. gum cancer or whatever you know over there yep. they just take up literally the entire front of the package about 90 percent of the package with a picture of some horrific thing like a woman coughing up blood uh, or no. or like somebody on there like in the in the i don't know the i was gonna say nick you that's for kids but somebody on their like hospital bed with tubes down their throat and all kinds just these nasty pictures and so you go to like that's pretty crazy you go to the local store and that you know there's this nice uh woman there who's like hey how can i help you what would you like today And behind her is just this horror pictures all over the back Uh, wall
1: (laughs) that's pretty gross
0: it was pretty i was i was kind of surprised by that I'd, i'd heard about that before but never expected to see it there uh it was a little shocking but there we go
1: yeah well that's pretty interesting (laughs) yeah yeah i'm
0: sure more stories will come out but eric we're not here to talk about germany and uh the slight difference they have in their western culture right we're here to talk about video games and we're going to do that as we'd like to try to do right off the bat by answering some quick and burning questions
2: quick questions
1: All right, so the first uh, quick question we have is from 48K Ram, good old Josh Malone.
0: Josh Malone. He asks,
1: approximately what percentage of your hardware collection has been modified versus what you've kept 100% stock? And he goes on to say, I ask this because I'm actually having a hard time thinking of a machine I have that I haven't modified in some way. I suppose simply adding a modern peripheral isn't really a modification, but is it fair to call it Tandy? slab 100% stock if it's got a mega flash hiding inside it just because it's in the option rom socket <laughs> and that all sounds like a lot of our people that are listening are just gamers they probably don't know what the heck that means but it's uh remember the thing i used to take notes on that's what he's talking about the, <laughs> yeah
0: the, the it's like the a little pocket computer. it has
1: a little, yeah, has a little sp- space in the back to pop in an option rom but but with that said, do you consider modding a machine if you just slap on like a no. SD2 IEC or an Ever, or an EverDrive? I don't.
0: I'm, I would say if it's something that you can reverse without tools, then no, it's not modified.
1: Right. Reverse without tools. Something you just plug into a natural port on the machine. Yeah.
0: That's just plugging something in is all that is. So.
1: Correct. Let's I don't that really first. consider that modding. Yeah. Cause if, it, if that's the case, I'm almost at 100%. I love to, I love to add mod oh, peripherals yeah. to so, everything I have to make it easier to use. So. With that, I'm at like 100 percent. But Let's take physically yeah. modding a machine. So go ahead. Why don't you answer that, Cody? Physically modding a machine.
0: Well, I like how he said machine because that means consoles, computers, or whatever. That's right. Um, and I'm just doing a kind of a quick look around here. You know, just I'll just go real quick here. Uh, that Amiga is modded. That TI nine 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 is not. My MSX is not. My apples are not. Um, all the commodores I try to keep stuck although a lot of them have replacement chips that are the new chips the little, you know the, the modern recreations
1: and I would say that that is um, a mod because it's not original hardware inside yeah that one's just yeah
0: yeah it, it can go either way I guess because you really can't tell unless you open it up uh, doesn't change any function actually what it does do is it destroys the function of, of being able to use paddles. <laughs> you can't That's use right. paddles when you have uh some of those the the sid the sound chip somehow also controls paddles which is goofy but um and then when it comes to my consoles i mean for most part i don't like to mod things unless it's going to change how i do things every day for the most part um so if i were to guess i'd say it's half and half now like my nes is not modded at all out oh, i take that back i cut the pin so now it doesn't do that blink it doesn't do the blinky yeah. blinky so that's modded yeah. uh, my Super Nintendo when I first got into like Super Nintendo when I got into uh, like Nintendo 64 all of those I opened I opened up the cartridge slot and ground down all the nubs so I can play imports because it's just a yep. physical nub that gets in the way unless you put in the you know the American cartridge yep. um, man so I, I guess if we're if we're counting all that it's probably 75 percent of my machines are modded yeah
1: I'll go with that. So yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not going to list mine because I mean I'm looking at stuff and I'm just thinking, man, you know, I've done so many things over the years. My philosophy, though, and I've said it many times on the on the show, is I'm not a purist like you see on the internet. Like if I, if I own a machine and it belongs to me, I'll do whatever I want to it, and I won't apologize at all. I oh, yeah. I love I love doing mods. I. I I, ha- I don't hesitate at all. If it's a rare rare machine, maybe I won't. But um, I mod I mod everything. But I think I'm probably close to fifty fifty. On- the only console, the only console that I've modded. Now that I'm thinking about it, well, I've done some video mods. I
0: was going to say video mods. I've done to anything I can't plug in easily to an AV. That's right. Yeah.
1: So I've done I've done a few. Yeah, I've done a lot of the video mods. The first Genesis I got, I modded up the Wazoo. I accelerated it, I changed the colors of the LEDs <laughs> to blue cuz I thought it was cool. It was this was 15 years ago, so I just thought it would be cool to mod it yeah. and and since then I've just I got another Genesis and it's not modded and I love that. I, I like it it with consoles it just doesn't make as much sense, so I I just do video mods on those, but I'm gonna say it's probably 50/50 in my collection.
0: Yeah, with the AV mods and stuff, that's what really bumps mine up. And a lot of my consoles, like the Dreamcast, like a Genesis, like a few other things, I'll make a modded one for day-to-day use, but I always want to have a, a stock one as well.
1: Yes, so, and I've done, I've started doing that. Like my Dreamcast, one has a GD EMU in it, and the other one doesn't, so I can play discs. Yep. And, and the Saturn, I have one Saturn now that has the SD card solution in it, and I have one that doesn't. So... St- yeah, I'm starting to do that, too. Yep. Like, trying to keep one pristine and one one modded for easy game playing.
0: Yeah, but I know your handhelds are all modded. Oh, the, all the LCDs. Yep.
1: Yeah, and that's just because I hate, I, I cannot stand looking at those screens.
0: See, and I can't stand modding them unless I have an original as well. I don't know why. There's something about the the museum quality... Um, perfection of the original <laughs> device, such as my Game Gear, which no longer works, and therefore I should probably mod it, but I'll probably get another working one first and then mod the old one. I yeah. don't know. I want to I have uh, yeah, a stock one as well. There we go. Yeah,
1: I've modded all of them, and I and, and that's a mod that is great because it's not only bright and clear, it saves battery. Oh yeah, no, there's LCDs plenty of good take, reasons.
0: I mean, yeah, for the most part, mods are there to make life better and easier, but... Yeah. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As a, as
0: a con a true connoisseur, Eric.
1: (laughs) All right. And then let's do one from Pajaco real quick. All right. Uh, Pajaco asks. Two questions. Yeah. Two questions. Have you played any bootleg or ROM hack versions of your favorite games? And if so, what was the one you enjoyed the most? So let's, let's do that one first.
0: So right off the bat, I think of naked Mario. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Really?
1: (laughs) No. it's (laughs) it's <laughs> naked mario i've no, never played that
0: that was probably the first one i ever played because it was so out there that i'm like what is this and you plug it. it's literally just the first super mario but yeah like the running animation of mario running is him naked And <laughs> i will not get into details but they they animated some things but <laughs> oh, but they only did that animation so like when you turn to fire mario he's he's regular fire mario when he ducks he's still clothed you know, it's, yeah. it's just a really cheesy bad ROM hack Because that's how, you know, when the whole ROM hack thing started Probably in the 90s That's what people did, they just went in there, changed sprites And put it out there and tried to make the most bizarre, crude stuff
1: Right I think there's like a, <laughs> a
0: Nazi Mario game, I remember um, Oh, gee uh, So Mario, where they just made Mario look like Sonic You know, it's mostly Mo- Mario stuff But um, actually, there's. I'm going to be talking, I think, about a ROM hack uh, uh, in the news here but um there's some really great rom hacks now where rom hack has almost become a uh, a protective term so you can't sue somebody because there's some games out there now that are so impressive and i guess they're technically based off the original rom but once you do the the you know you take the ips file and you modify the rom therefore it's a rom hack but you have to own the original right that's the yeah. the protected thing it basically changes like all the code it's kind of like when you have a a house here in the united states and uh if you tear the whole thing down and rebuild it you have to pay all kinds of taxes and there's all kinds of things that triggers but if you keep one wall it's a renovation and you get by all the all the new building stuff you get by all the new codes it's because you're just renovating Uh, it's the same kind of concept so that being said the one and i've talked about it forever on the show here but alex kid 3 yeah that game on the Sega Master System is there's Alex Kid One, which was, of course, the one I grew up on. And then they did a ROM hack called Alex Kid Two, which was kind of like more of Alex Kid One, but in my opinion, wasn't done as well as the original. And then Alex Kid Three is is Alex Kid Three to me is is to Alex Kid One as Super Mario Brothers Three is to Super Mario Brothers One. It's like that much better. There's so much more going on. It's more polished. It's better put together, and it was done by I don't know one or two people. So, yeah,
1: it's just a ROM hack.
0: It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> How about you, Eric?
1: Yeah, so I'm just... I'm going to have to apologize for my crappy memory. I, I have nothing against bootlegs or ROM hacks. I love them. Um, and I'm sure I've played many over the years. I just don't remember much. But in recent memory, I actually downloaded the um, a bunch of Game Boy uh, ROM hacks that okay. were they basically enhanced games. And when we were, when we were reviewing uh Gator, the Oh yeah. Revenge of the game, Gator. Revenge of the Gator. There was a version of that. That was a colored version for game boy color and had, right. and smoothed out the smoothed the game out. Like it sped it up, you know, in places that it's kind of chugged mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. It, it wasn't a completely different game. I don't want to say it was a, like super like better or whatever, but the color, the colorization was done super well, and it really did, like, make it a smoother experience. Yeah,
0: so it was a better version of the game.
1: Yep. It was a better version of the game, and I loved that ROM hack. And when, so, when I got that one, I got four or five other ones. One was a Kirby game, and another one, ah, oh, man, I one was a, a Shmup, and they were just versions that had been colorized and smooth, smoothed out the same deal. And they were fantastic. So, you know, there's a lot of ROM hacks and games out there, but those—that's the one. The Gator Revenge of the Gator was the one that was really impressed me that I've played within the last three or four months.
0: And there was a lot of Super Nintendo games that chugged like a, a Gradius three, and they created yeah. ROM hacks to basically smooth that out. So again, it's a better playing Gradius three. There's actually yeah. a lot of retro games now where I would, like you said, these. They're called ROM hacks, and they are ROM hacks, but they're really done to fix the issues with the original game and nothing else, and those are really yep. good. For example, there's one out there for Super Mario 3, which, which you've played through, um, but if you downloaded this particular one, Eric, it only does one thing for you, and that is it uh, creates a save, because in Super oh, Mario 3, you can't save.
1: That's right that would have helped me quite a bit right that's all that's all it does <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and you know you can pull it up you can save at certain points and there's only one save spot so it's not there for you to to spam save states or anything it's just it adds a save to the cartridge that's it it's
1: like, that is that is actually very very handy and i would welcome more of those exact type of rom hacks because a lot of those old games don't have enough save save points for the modern man that's trying to you know, live his life and can't just sit down for five hours and play a game.
0: (laughs) Or do what we did when we were kids and you just uh, turn off the TV, but leave the Nintendo running. That's right. And come back and (laughs) hope it didn't freeze somewhere in between.
1: Yep. Yep. His second question is, do you curse and swear much when playing video games? And have you ever been told off for doing so?
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it. I typically don't, but there's been a few games um, where obviously I got really angry and I'll just yell or, or punch the ground or, you know, uh, just kind of shake and go, right. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny cause I don't get told off, but my wife is like, like Cody, uh, do you like, you should probably stop. You're obviously not having a good time. I'm like, no, I'm having a great time. Right. <laughs> She's You're like, what are you doing? This. You need to stop this. And I'm like, no, it's that's, this is part of it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, she gets all upset at me because I get upset at the game and she doesn't understand why I would keep playing something that's frustrating me. So, yeah, because <laughs> I'm
1: enjoying it. How about you? I actually um, slip ups for all the slip ups I've done on the show over the years, which have been many. <laughs> um, I don't swear that much in my regular life. And I really don't um, playing video games. I, I, I mean, I have before, obviously, but no, I mean, I just played which we'll, we're going to talk about um, in catching up, played one of the hardest games I've ever gotten through. Yes. And I didn't, I, I didn't swear at all. I, I, in fact, I enjoyed it. And when I, when I would get very frustrated, I would just walk away. And I've learned that as an adult, you just walk away. And uh, <laughs> Fight or flight, thing, Eric, fight or flight. Exactly. One thing I've, I've never done, and I'm, I'm going to add an addendum to his question here. Have you ever thrown or broken a controller? Because I never have, because I grew up, where I couldn't buy another (laughs) controller. So, like, I've never thrown my controllers or or damaged them in any way from being angry.
0: So I don't do that at all anymore. When I was a kid, I threw Nintendo controllers all the time, but they were were Nintendo, so they were quality, and I still have those original (laughs) controllers to this day. They've never broken. They've never broken.
1: Good, good, good. I didn't grow up with
0: the Commodore 64 (laughs) and all those third-party controllers with big joysticks and weak springs and things that shatter all the time. I had the illustrious Nintendo gamepad.
1: And I don't think I've ever been told off for doing so. Um, it's only on here on Pixel Guide and I get chastised for swearing. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> All right. So real quick, we're going to move on to uh, errata and feedback. And I'm sure we got yep. more than this. But the main one that we want to point out is uh, last episode, if you downloaded it or auto downloaded it right off the bat. Um, yeah i want to apologize because i thought i edited it brilliantly but it turns out i totally (laughs) messed up my track is like a full like second and a half two seconds off from from your track and tim's track eric therefore it sounds like i'm just constantly the most rude person in the world interrupting you guys talking over you laughing at your misfortunes like it was i couldn't listen to it. it was cringy so uh thanks for working with me as soon as we found out about it which was like five days after its release yeah, I uh, I quickly tried to edit it back and uh, and you uploaded it so uh, yeah if you so guys all can new, so yeah no.
1: if you if you were frustrated by that and, and just dumped the I would understand if you just dumped that that episode and just said I can't listen go and do it again the funny thing is the first time I was alerted to it was uh, our buddy Josh Malone again forty eight K RAM. But he he thought you were just talking over us. Yeah, so he yeah was I sound like, like a jerk. I hate that so much. <laughs> he was upset. He was just like, come on, Cody. Uh, you know, he was like, <laughs> he, and he said that in the Discord. He was like, come on, Cody. Like, I, I can't stand. He's like, I, I can't, this is hard to listen to. I can't listen to it. And I, I was like, "That that, Cody does not do that. And so, like, I... I was going to look into it. and I went to work, and then Tim mentioned it. He's like, "Oh yeah, there's something wrong with the sink on those." So you weren't being a, a wiener. You were, you were. Oh, um, I
0: sounded like I was. Like he's Josh yeah. is absolutely right, and that's what kills me. I couldn't listen to it because I'm like, man, I sound like the biggest jackhole <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah, that was frustrating. So um, that's why I felt so compelled to like get on there and sw- oh, yeah, swap it out. So yeah, I apologize. It came across that way. It was not. Obviously, what, what we were doing, but hey. Ah, cool. Eric, how about we let everybody hear about our patrons and so on and so forth.
2: You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using... At pixel underscore guyden, you can reach Eric at the project. That's at d u h p r o j e c t, and you can reach Cody at oddball, which is at o d d b a one one four nine. You can also reach me. That's Tim at sanction, and that's at s a n x i o n. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com and we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show.
0: We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, Everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guiden using our random adjective generator. And this month on Pixel Guiden we're getting cinematic. Clumsy Matthew Ackerman and the healthy Josh Malone. Gorgeous Daniel James is gonna call you on the phone. Silly Ted Mark, zany Eric Sandgren. Shiny Mike Chase is gonna let you in. Regis Perajoid, courageous Mr. Yama, Splendid Aiden Vincent, an exuberant and scissor, Protest Jason Hollis, Nervous Mr. Toad, Fastball, Big Gun, and Wide-Eyed Gram-O-K, Goal-O-K! David Modalack is jolly, David Cavalier is dizzy, Scott Pardolo's old-fashioned, Roy Fielding's in a tizzy, Erogenic, Ryan Arthur, Old Mark Richardson, and Steamie. Adam from Commodore Chronicles is always up to Steamie. Hey guys, how about we take a little break and check with our friend over the pond? That's right, it's Tea Time with Tim.
2: Hi there, and welcome to this month's Tea Time with Tim. Coming up this month, it's all about the fun I've been recently having with the VIC-20 and the penultimate Plus 2 cartridge from The Future Was 8-Bit. I've been having a blast with the VIC-20 and the penultimate Plus 2 cartridge from the Future Was 8-bit. Now if you don't know what the PU Plus 2 cartridge is, that's what I'm going to call it from now on, the PU Plus 2, this is a new version of the original PU cartridge or penultimate cartridge that was created by Dave Curran from TimeMouth Software and produced and sold through the Future Was 8-bit. This is a cartridge that started life out as a way to give you all the different memory configurations in one easily selectable way uh, through a menu, um, along with a few cartridge games that are available for the VIC 20. Since the first version, Rod from The Future Was 8 Bit and Dave from Time Mouth have been collaborating on the design and the features of the PU cartridge and made it into the awesome product that it is today. Along the way, it's been through a couple of different revisions and have changed the menu system. More and more games have been included, uh, also along with the VIC-20 dead test, a machine code monitor and other things. I've been lucky enough to be included in the test group for the development of the latest version of the PU cartridge, namely the penultimate Plus 2 cartridge part of that was to try out every game and mark up my thoughts on the game if it had issues it should be kept in taken out of the product that sort of thing there were a few issues with some of the games and some real stinkers of games that I thought nah they shouldn't be in there one thing I did find though and not that I didn't know this already there is some utterly brilliant games on the vic 20 and the pu plus 2 not only brings the cartridge games to the fore but there are now games included that have really never made their way onto cartridge and onto the wider market in ntsc land as they were produced by small software houses in the uk A couple of examples of this are some of the Mastertronic games like the addictive yet rock hard game called Psycho Shopper and Forbidden Tower by Atlantis. This game will drive you utterly mad as it's so difficult on the VIC-20 yet you just want to play these games more and more because of that. As I mentioned earlier, part of the testing process was to go through the games and play them one by one, give them a quick rating and update this on a master spreadsheet that was shared from Rod between uh, other testers. So I went through and marked them up. And as I was doing this, I was thinking it would be good to go through the games that I really enjoyed here on Tea Time with Tim this month. So mm, that's what I'm going to do. With that being said, if you're not familiar with the VIC-20, it's an early in the 8-bit microcomputer life cycle system produced by Commodore and released in 1980. Only three years before the Commodore 64, so it only had a short time as the main system for Commodore before the C64 elbowed its way into the market. Out of the box, the VIC-20 came with 5K of RAM. This came to be known as unexpanded, as if you wanted to run games, you really needed extra RAM. Extra RAM for the VIC-20 was delivered in the form of expansion cartridges that you plugged into the cartridge port at the back of the VIC-20. So if you wanted to play some of the games that used 8K, 16K or 32K, you needed a RAM pack that could handle this, plus the cost of the game. This made things quite expensive. To get around this, Commodore and other game makers, rather than relying on people shelling out for RAM packs, made cartridges for the system, with 4K, 8K or 16 ROM on board. So these games could be bigger, but didn't need RAM expansions. But that did make every game more expensive, as they had to be released on hardware and not software. Hence, in the UK, more people were taking the option of either building unexpanded games on cassette and they loaded through the data set or relying on users getting switchable RAM packs and then gaining entry to cheaper, better games on cassette. That's, this mainly happened in Europe and UK as there was a bigger uptake on data sets. This came from the VIC-20 as they were being sold off in introductory packs. This came with the VIC-20, a data set and some manuals. And some stores were selling these off for as low as £99. So it was a cheap entry into colour computing in the early 80s. As the C64 was ruling the roost, but that was over £300 at the time. So you can see the attraction of the VIC-20. And why there was such a vibrant game scene for this between 1982 and 85. So okay Tim, shut up, enough history lesson and let's get on to the games. So first up is a game I never enjoyed playing on other platforms it was published on. But the VIC-20 has a version that is worthy. This is a shooter from Imagine Software. In their original form before the Bandersnatch debacle, that led to Ocean Software buying them out. And this game being Arcadia. So as we mentioned before about the RAM requirements, this is an 8K game, so an expansion was needed to play this. Arcadia is a shooter in the traditional style, ways of aliens coming down the screen towards you, bright, colourful graphics, and nice detail in this. Decent spot sound effects, and much like all VIC-20 games of this era, no music in the background. What's unique about Arcadia is that instead of clearing the current wave of aliens you have a timer. You have to survive an al- the alien onslaught for 99 seconds on each wave. If your ship is on the bottom of the screen you have to thrust upwards towards the aliens to blast them as the shots will not go all the way up to the top of the screen if you're at the bottom. It's quite a tricky shooter and a challenge but well worth a look at. Next up is a game by Mastertronic. If you don't know who Mastertronic are, they were pioneers of the games market, bringing us in the UK pocket money games for around about £2 per game. Some were not worthy of even that bargain price, but then occasionally you would get a great game that punches well above its weight for the price point. One such game is Crazy KV. This game is a true platformer. You control KV, who is a very blocky yet colourful character on the screen. He has to climb ladders, jump platforms and collect keys. Of course, it's not that simple. Along the way, you have monsters that move up and down or left to right that are blocking your way. You have disappearing platforms as soon as you jump on them and glue on the floor that will halt your progress for a moment. There is also the dreaded timer along the bottom of the screen to make sure you're moving as quick as you can through each level. This is a 1985 game, so late in the VIC-20's original life cycle, but showing just what could be done on the VIC-20 in only 5K in this colourful and fun platformer. So with this episode being originally recorded in July, a lot of us are out there doing yard work, keeping your bushes trimmed and your lawns cut. So the next game is somewhat apt. Mower Mania by Voyager Software. Who I hear you ask? Well, that's exactly what this episode is about. Bringing you games that you may not have played or even seen before. A lot of you Jeff Minter fans will have played Hoverbover before. This is a similar game, but in homage to the Fly Flymo Hover Lawnmower that was launched in the early 80s. That was all the rage. Well, Mower Maina brings it back old school with a gas or in the UK petrol powered push mower. You can tell this by the hilarious and yet somewhat annoying thing where you, you when you start the game or each time you lose a life, you get the sound of the pull start of the motor and it takes three goes to get the motor going and you're off. The idea is you have to cut all the grass on the screen, earning money as you cut but you also have to avoid trees, fences, bouncing rabbits and ponds. All this sounds simple and boring, but it's actually a real blast and a totally addictive game. Trying to get that last bit of grass is really difficult as the controls are not super spot on. Please don't take a shortcut past this one and give it a try. Now, the next two are modern games, but ones you have to check out and are included on the penultimate Plus 2 cartridge. First up is Dishwasher. What? A game about washing dishes? Come on, Tim. We just had a game about mowing a lawn, and now a game about washing dirty pots. Well, this game is actually a misfit game. He of legendary Vic 20 games like Cheese and Onion and Rodman. This game was created as part of a 50 short games bundle for Future Wars 8-Bit to publish. They have all made it onto the PU Plus 2, which is great news. This game is very basic-looking version of Tapper. I call it a near-tapper, you know, like a near-beer. So, you control what looks like a cowboy, and he has to move between the bar tops where the glasses are moving down the line. You have to pick up the glasses. You can hold three at a time, and return them to the dishwasher. As you go near the dishwasher, it shakes and makes a washing sound. For each glass you wash, you get points and so on. As you collect more glasses, as you would imagine, they get faster and faster along the bar tops until you miss one. Then it goes smashing to the floor and game over. So much fun in a simple little package. Now, I can't let an episode about the VIC-20 go without mentioning at least one of the amazing HUCO games. If you're a lover of the VIC-20, you would more than likely have played some of HUCO's modern VIC-20 games. Andy has even developed a whole game development system called Turbo Rascal. Not only does this allow you to develop VIC-20 games, but also for Commodore 64, Nintendo Entertainment System and Game Boy. Anyways, enough about that. This game we have to mention is Cheesy Trials. This game was developed using the Turbo Rascal system and is a fantastic example of what you can really squeeze into the VIC-20. It's a super addictive puzzle platformer with a timer on each level. Sorry, Eric. But the timer is so important to the game. In fact, it's how you play. The basic idea is it's a mouse trying to collect all the cheese. And then once he's collected all the cheese, you've got to get out of the exit. On each level, you have a timer to collect the next wedge of cheese by jumping onto platforms and running across the screen. The cunning part of all this is on parts of the level are hidden until you collect the next cheese wedge then the next part of the level or puzzle appears and you have to try and solve that to get to the next cheese wedge before the timer runs out gary my very good friend came round while i was testing out the pu plus two and had not seen this game before he played it for ages and was amazed and annoyed with the game in equal measures the mark of a fantastic game if you ask me so there we have it for this month's tea time with Tim. A quick romp through five excellent Vic Twenty games that you can play if you have a PU plus two cart. Some you can play even if you don't, but there are five games I would recommend you do play. They are Arcadia by Imagine Software, Crazy Cavey by Mastertronic, Moa Mania by Voyager Software, Dishwasher by Misfit, and last but no means least. Cheesy Trials by Huco and published by The Future Was 8-Bit. Don't forget that you can contact me about this episode or if you have any other feedback about the show. I'm always lurking on our Discord channel in the Amigos Retro Gaming Network channel site. You can get this if you're a $3 or more Patreon to our show. You can also find me on Mastodon. There I go by at Sanxion at oldbytes.space. So until next time, break out your Vic twenties and get mowing, dishwashing, and grabbing the cheese.
0: And Eric and Cody are back live in the studio.
1: Yes, yeah, so that, that sound effects makes me feel tingly inside.
0: And really quick, we want to go ahead and talk about our show sponsor, Retro Rewind. Dot .ca Eric, what do you know about the fine fellows at Retro
1: Well, I did hear recently there that they represented at Boat Fest and they knocked it out of the park. I guess uh, Frank was there with uh, i think with a with a, fr- a friend of Retro Rewind, and they were fixing machines left and right and. Having a blast. I saw some pictures. It looked like a lot of fun. Um,
0: Very cool. Eric, so are you telling me to get our machines fixed that fixed, so we have to go to a specific convention somewhere in the middle of uh, Virginia, West Virginia?
1: <laughs> you don't have to. You could, but you don't have to. You could also just pack it up and send it to frank at retrowewind.ca. He's kind of like what, He's like like Santa Claus up in the north with his elves that fix stuff. <laughs> um, that's the way I always picture yeah, Our Frank, like Santa, and then Jason Warnes, I think, is one of his elves, and a few other people up there that are helping him out. Um, but basically, you box it up, send it there. Um, I've had nothing but amazing experience um, with, with getting machines repaired with Frank. Fast turnaround, fast shipping, um, and and dirt cheap. I mean, not only do I not know of another North American company that'll even do that for you, mm-hmm. but So cheap and so fast. I mean, it's it it was amazing, amazing service. And this was before they were even sponsors. I sent I sent Frank some things and amazing stuff. So so what does he fix?
0: So what does he fix, Eric? Well, you might think, um, well, he's a a guy that does a lot of Commodore stuff. He's got some Coco Tandy Coco stuff on there. And if you go on the website, you will absolutely see those computers are listed to be um, to be repaired for you. But you know what? Little secret, little show tip. Uh, go ahead and email them uh, with what you got, and there's a good chance he can fix that, too. So throw that out there. We do a lot of talk about Commodore 64 on this show, and uh, I think you might agree with me, Eric, that, that if you're going to jump into an old classic computer like I did for the first time, yep. Commodore 64 is the one to do it with. It's uh, got the, the biggest scene. It's got the most um, uh, support. It's got uh, the most games. It's got the most everything. Uh, and if you want to do that and you want to jump into that scene, head on down to retrorewind.ca so you can get everything from, uh, carts where you can put all the S, you know, put an SD card on it, get all the games on it. It's called the uh, Kung Fu flash. You've got diagnostic carts on there. You've got replacement chips and, and things for your Amigas and other Commodore computers. Uh, you really need to check this place out to see everything they, they offer here. It's really cool. Um, so if you think Commodore 64, Commodore 128, Amiga line of computers, Make sure you head on down to RetroRewind.ca, take a look, and uh, I heard you can even get 10% off, Eric.
1: You can get 10% off if you go to uh, RetroRewind.ca slash pixelguiden and log in, and then when you check out, if you put in the code PG10, you will get 10% off. And uh, you should get one of these t-shirts, too, that I'm wearing right now, the RetroRewind t-shirt. It's classy. It's classy.
0: It is. It's one of the few retro video game t-shirts my wife will let me wear in public. (laughs) Excellent. So if you want a good looking shirt, some good looking threads, you want some cool stuff or some cool computers, you want to get something repaired, go ahead and head down to retrorewiden.ca and tell them Pixel Guidance sent you by logging in and using PG10 at checkout for 10% off. Absolutely. One thing they do not sell, Eric.
1: What is that? Beer.
2: No, they do not sell beer yet. Let's drink some beer.
1: I am hoping Frank comes around and starts brewing some beer. I would love that.
0: (laughs) All right. So, as we like to do on the show, we like to enjoy some libations. And, Eric, because I just got back from Germany, I'll be drinking my beer today out of this uh, Spaten uh, Munich, actually, says München uh, mug here. I don't have the Doug mug today. I'm doing the German mug thing here. Cool. And uh, a very German beer. This is called Ola Senor. <laughs> <laughs> it is from the local Knee Deep Brewing Company in Auburn, California, my uh, my hometown here, uh, yeah. Grass Valley, Auburn area. Uh, Mexican style lager. It is a very tall boy. Yeah, um, taller delicious. than normal. This is a full pint. Um, it feels taller than normal. Five uh, percent alcohol by volume, and. uh it's got the crazy little hop guy dressed up with a big old mustache and a sombrero on the front. Uh, so I'm gonna take a <laughs> take a swig of this. And let you know how it is. But what are you drinking?
1: Perfect. So I picked three special beers for the show for for this show and the next, and uh, had them all lined up and ready to go. Okay. Had. And then my wife sent me a news article. Uh oh. And and it made me incredibly sad. Oh no. So, I ran to the store and I bought a six pack of this, and i'm going to drink it. We've had it on the show before
0: Is this the last time you're going to be able to drink it eric
1: it, it maybe not the last time, but close Anchor steam really okay San Francisco brewery been in business for yeah. one hundred one hundred and twenty seven years. They were the first micro brewery in the United States, or the oldest I should say not the oldest first. the oldest,
0: the oldest old, remaining yeah
1: the oldest remaining. They are going out of business. They're filing for bankruptcy here oh, right. in a bit, and they—that is a huge blow to San Francisco. They have a huge place there, and they are well established and well known there. So anyway, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm pouring one out for my homie, Anchor Christine Uh We've had it before. I'm going to give it an honorary ten out of ten. In fact, that
0: is—that is, that is what here. we drank. Uh, you and Tim and I drank when we were uh, down in San Francisco together. At, it is a boudin it is, bakery is, there.
1: You 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 got it. We drank this because we were in San Francisco, and it's everywhere there. And honestly, I had no idea they were in trouble or that they didn't sell well or whatever. They're everywhere around here. I can go to any store and get a st- Anchor Steam.
0: Yeah, yeah, solid beer. And for that one, instead of doing our our normal bomb, we're gonna say cheers and knock because they, they knocked that one out of the park for 140 whatever years. Eric, ready? Cheers,
2: yep. cheers. <laughs> Anchor oh. Steam. Hmm.
0: All right. Well, you we know what interesting is. It's good. You can go over it if you want. It's malty. It's smooth.
1: It It is. Yep. This one is malty and smooth. <laughs> I'm just going to echo what you said. There saying. you go. There's nothing bad to say. I mean, it, it is, listen, it's not the best beer in the world, but it is when I get tired of those typical Pilsners and typical lagers, um, and, but I'm in a store where they don't have a lot of oddball beers or like a lot of microbrews this is a solid this and shiner are my kind of go-to i love shiner kind of you know not light colored beers you know what i mean it's hard to it's say got a little
0: get a little more going on
1: a little more caramel and multi-color to it um but still but easy this, drinking this and shiner are my two go-tos and now it's just it's down to Shiner, i guess
0: well maybe they're maybe they're claiming bankruptcy to make some changes and keep things going using different financial means. I don't know. Hopefully they'll I keep hope going. So. I
1: hope so. I wish someone would swoop in and uh, buy them or something because they got a huge history and I would love to see them keep going.
0: Yeah, I'm sure an uh, investment firm or something will come by and buy them and flip them or what. I don't know. We'll see. But
1: So yeah. this beer... Um, yeah, tell us how that. Hola, hola amigo. Uh, hola, senor. Hey, hola, senor. Okay, okay.
0: It says Mexican lager. Yes. I, I'm getting a little... So it's, 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 this is going to sound really really bizarre and bad, but I don't know how to explain it, right? <laughs> so there's lagers, which we know what lagers takes, like, very crisp and light. Yeah. And then there's the Mexican lagers, which have a little something to it. And I don't know what it is. It's almost like a... Um, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? It, I
1: do. It's almost like a little bite.
0: A little bite. This one does not have that bite. So I'm... Okay. So this is where... the I, I can't say it any other way, but I'm not tasting the Mexican... In this lager. (laughs) Um, It's kind of just a lager.
1: Yeah, that is odd. I mean, I don't know why you... It's good. You're right. The Mexican lagers have this little... um, Think of like... Je uh, ne sais quoi. Well, to me, it's like... um, You know mineral water? How you drink it and it has this kind of earthy, rocky bite to it when you drink it. You're like, ugh, I don't know if I like this. (laughs) It's like a little bit of that... But for me in a, like me, in a good of, way though it, yeah, but at the end of a logger that's crisp and good and cold, and then you get that little bite, and you're like, oh, this is a Mexican logger,
0: yeah, and I prefer them over loggers because they have more flavor because of yes. that, but anyways this kind of just tastes like a logger, so uh what's what's the rating scale that I'm using Eric
1: let's do one hundred and twenty seven years of of loyal service.
0: Is that what Anchor name is? 127 yes. years, because they're getting 127
1: one- years. So let's do yeah. out of 127 years,
0: because they're getting an honorary 127 out of 127.
1: They are. It's honorary. Won't won't count for our year end numbers, but um, but I'm going to give it the honorary 127.
0: I mean, this is a good crisp beer. I could probably drink it all day. Um, no I, w- I don't that. know if I'd pay you know microbrewery prices for it per se. So I I don't know. It's a 70 out of 127.
1: There you go. Kind, out of of a, kind of a
0: beer. It's a beer. Yeah. A lot of the, the the beer I drank in Germany actually was almost no different than this. It was just kind of cold, yeah. refreshing, delicious beer. And it's good because it's beer, not because it's a good beer. Yeah. It's beer.
1: And not every beer has to be like the strange, exotic flavored beers. I mean, sometimes you just want a, yeah. a, a mainline beer.
0: It's a good, uh, yeah, mowing the lawn beer. Yeah. Um. All right. Beers are down. We've talked about our show sponsor, RetroRewind.ca. Quick second plug for you. That one's free, Frank. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) It's time for us to catch up on some news.
1: (laughs) Reporting the news!
0: (laughs) So, Tim put a lot of news in this one. I'll be reading for Tim, at least on this first one. Okay. Um... Did you listeners know that you can now play a bunch of new ZX Spectrum games made entirely by kids?
1: That sounds horrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was literally thinking in my head, should I say what I want to say? Which is, so if you want a bunch of terrible games. Oh, now I feel bad. I'm sorry to all the budding um, uh, programmers out there. Children who are actually making games because I can't make anything. Right. Um, Nonetheless. Nonetheless, yeah. I will give these a shot. I'm, I'm curious, that, and I'm sure there's probably a good one or two in the bunch for sure. Uh, the primary six pupils of Beersden Primary, yeah, clearly, uh, no one says primary except for uh, for uh, Brits. Yeah, it so must be a British school. Have been working on these games all year. Mm-hmm. They have designed and animated their characters, coded their games, designed and tested their levels, and created a loading screen. We really hope you enjoy our creations, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, the games are available on D- Dougie McGee, yeah. website. He is the teacher that has been running the class at the school. See so now I feel bad because they're like, You guys were mentioned on the show and then they're gonna listen and we're just gonna rag on I haven't seen the games yet, right? We're not I haven't ragging seen on it, anybody. So I just- was
1: joking. I was joking. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I kid.
0: Um, so I'm gonna pull um, it, I'm gonna pull it up right now and take a quick yeah. look here. But that's a very cool concept. Yeah, anybody definitely. doing anybody doing programming at a young age is uh is uh, you know, I respect that for sure, Especially and the fact they're
1: ZX. I exactly,
0: mean, how cool? Yeah. Um, let's see here. So this is yeah, cool. Blah blah. I'm just looking at the the link we have in our show notes. If you want to check it out, go ahead and do that. There's a couple links. So let Here's the Dougie mcgee site. So here's the uh, the h site. And yeah, quite a, quite a few entries in here. Everything from um, uh, looks like a, a platformer. Actually, that. I mean the graphics are pretty basic but it actually looks like a fun little platformer some things to collect there some birds in the sky.
1: Yeah. That uh, looks one called tight. The
0: Lost Puzzle. Oh. Uh. Um kind of looking through. I mean I'm, honestly I, I better than anything I could hope to do uh just looking at the graphics here. So I'm going to give a few I'll I'll give a few of these a shot for sure. And uh, ooh, that one actually looks pretty legit. There's yeah. some pretty cool like one screen platformers they made.
1: Yeah. It's pretty impressive that they made it on a ZX Spectrum. I mean, my nice. so my son took a class at the Wackford. <laughs> it sounds like a weird name, right? Wackford. But I'm familiar with a, it,
0: so I'm used to it now. But yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a recreation center here in Elk Grove. And they were they offered a coding class, you know, your kid can make a game. So my son took it when he was much younger. And yeah, I mean it was like they were using almost like Flash, you know what I mean? Like a yeah, kind of yeah. a version of Flash or something. But it was with modern tools on modern PCs. And they made a game, and you ran around a screen, you did this and that. It's cool, but this is something entirely different. I, this is yeah. on a ZX Spectrum, and I kind of wonder why. Like, I mean, it's neat. I think it's cool. It's but very cool. I wonder what tools they used. I mean, I, we'll have to read more into this and see what kind of uh, stuff they used. I think they, they had to
0: used. code it just the way they did back in the day, is my guess. You probably have a much better like a grasp of you know yeah. coding and how it actually works rather than kind of yeah like you said uh modern day python and stuff where it's like literally clicking puzzle pieces together yep um very cool thanks for putting that in there tim and thank you kids for for uh for hopping into this and making some games that are free to play uh maybe we need to play them all now now, now i feel like i have to
1: <laughs> No, i have to do it <laughs> i have to do
0: it uh very cool eric You have the, you got the next one here
1: yeah, so I, I ran across this and I thought it was really cool. I think I think I'm definitely gonna pick this up. And not for my PC, but for my Mr. This is a Neo Geo USB wireless two point four gigahertz controller. Right on, on Amazon. Pre-order. It is exactly an exact replica and officially licensed by SNK. It has the clicky joystick, and they literally reverse engineered the old ones and used similar parts in this one so um i was reading through some of the technical achievements i guess you would say about making this it is a perfect recreation of the original smk neo geo handheld controller so everything the click style joystick the buttons the color of it um everything is a great recreation of that but it is A 2.4, so it has a dongle, so you can plug in anything that takes a USB port. Yeah. They haven't created, and I'm going to cover this in um, Catching Up. Um, I've been using a snack adapter for my mister, which is basically a zero-lag adapter for original controllers. Okay. um, That you can plug into the mister. And they do not make one for Neo Geo. so. Um, I would love to just get this and plug it into the regular USB ports on there and use them on Neo Geo games on that. So, I'm I'm gonna pick one up.
0: I I want to grab one of these too. Actually, I saw this and I was gonna put it on the news list, and luckily I saw you put it on already. So I'm like, yeah. oh shoot, I would have doubled that up. But um, I don't know what it is. There's something really cool about this controller. I mean, it's it's funny that it's getting some love and attention now because when the Neo CD was out, nobody wanted that system.
1: Nobody you know, wanted it. And it was
0: very specific to that system. And even the mini, uh, you could buy the controller separately, which I did. Um, and, you know, they weren't written. I, I mean, the micro click is very cool. I love the way it feels in the hand. I think it actually is a really solid controller. It just never had a platform it was associated with that was very impressive. So this is very cool.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pick one up. It is pre-order right now. Um, the, the It won't be released until August 15th. So if you yep. pre-order it, like say on Amazon, you're going to get it on the 16th, supposedly. But it, I think it's a reasonable price, 34.99. That's and, not, not th- that's not that bad of a price.
0: Yep, and I actually prefer uh, rather than Bluetooth. I actually like the dongle. I don't like trying to connect things. I just shove the dongle in;
1: it works correctly. Um, and t- and correct, and 2.4 is supposed to be a much better. I don't know magic that happens in the air that makes it a little <laughs> better response and, and connects better. So, um i think it looks great and and there are a few like custom ones yeah like some the- special
0: editions here from uh king of fighters so if yeah. you want
1: terry bogart edition it has little graphics on it
0: yep i like the black
1: i'm gonna get the black yeah
0: for sure nice thanks for putting that on here yep um i thought this was kind of fun I, you know i do love my d makes so somebody went ahead and p- they say ported I, it's not a port this is clearly a d make but if you want to play the game missed you know, the the game that sold more CD-ROMs than any other piece of software ever. Right. You can now play it on your Atari 2600. Uh. <laughs> Look at this. It's, you got a little point and click thing. And then, you know, missed as it was with this kind of blocky graphics and weird um, aspect ratios and stuff. Never looked very... I, I never knew quite what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of the puzzles, you're like, oh, I clicked that thing. I had no idea what that was. This isn't any better, but considering that it's on the target 2600 it's actually fairly impressive
1: yeah i've never seen graphics like that on the 2600 it looks impressive is it is it the whole game
0: i i believe it's the whole game i Um, can't
1: imagine them fitting that into whatever size the 2600 cartridges were
0: it says uh let's see what it says here you can try it on a flash card yep 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 yeah it really doesn't i don't think it I don't think they yeah. even know. Here's the thing with Mist. Uh, yeah. For me, it's the full version of the game because I've only ever seen like twelve screens of Mist because I can't get past that. Yeah. So uh, for me, I can get that far in this game as well. It's the whole game.
1: <laughs> e- even back in the day, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I didn't. I wasn't really in, into these kind of games.
0: You I mean you don't like? Oh, here you go. It's a partial remake. There you go. So okay. It doesn't include all the individual scenes featured in the original. Uh, but incorporates enough that people can speed run and add in some puzzles too. Um but yeah, yeah. I I I'm going to do it just for the enjoyment of checking it out and playing with it, but uh yeah, I'm not yeah. a puzzle guy either.
1: <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen any graphics like that on the 2600, so it's worth just checking out just for that. Do you want to read Tim for this one? Yep. So Tim says Hamster Corp ugh, has announced that Namco's influential arcade racer Pole Position We'll be heading to the Nintendo Switch and PS4 on July 6th as part of Arcade Archives.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing more and more of these uh, Namco and Taito games get released um, yeah. on on Switch. So cool. If you want to play Pole Position, you can play it on the Switch. I don't know what else yeah, to say and it looks that. like
1: <laughs> it, it looks straight up like the arcade version. Um, yeah, it is. So my history with Pole Position, I played it a lot because it was one of the few cartridges we had on the atari 5200 when i was a kid Mm -hmm. we had pole position and we had maybe five or six other cartridges and that was it so i played a lot of pole position and the atari 5200 version is solid so if you like pole position this looks this looks pretty cool
0: it's a good game. What I will tell you right now, Eric, is out of all the games we've already talked about, I'm most excited about playing the uh, the Kids Spectrum game so far.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm just I'm being honest here. All yeah,
1: right? yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really I, trying I to dig you. out
0: of the hole you dug for us. So you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I told you I was joking. I'm, I'm eager to try. I'm eager to try their games. I, I'm sure they're all 30 out of 127 games. No, there sorry. you go. There you go. No, I'm sure they're great. They look they look good. They look solid.
0: You got this next one as well.
1: Yep, so let's... You and your Pico-8, man. Yeah, so I love Pico-8. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I, I love it. do, too. It. And it's it's heavily retro-inspired. They all look like retro games because they're all pixelated. Um, if you haven't dove into pix- uh, Pico-8, you really should. But this one caught my attention. It's called Till the Gods Devour Us. Oh, <sighs> look. It is a pico eight micro strategy game with tower defense and board game inspired elements. You've got me on both of those. Both of those. That's what caught my attention. Now, I ran out of time at this for this recording to actually have played it, but it gets a lot of great reviews if you look around on the internet. It's easy to play, but it 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 looks like it has every element you and I love. Board games, a uh, tower yep. defense which man that is a that's a genre that i love tower defense games and then they Same. just kind of went away
0: well i might be talking to one about uh in catching up next good, good, uh next good. episode eric yeah so but yes i do love tower defense but i'm looking at a, a the little town here with the big fortified wall in front of it and these little dots attacking from the top and yeah you're i i, I want to give this a shot it clearly uses the mouse feature which was added to um, pico 8 uh about a year ago maybe a little yeah. longer so I, and the, need to, I need to catch up on some Pico Eight again,
1: and not and I and I want to give this a little plug as I always do because I do love it. It has become my go-to system, but my Steam Deck, yep, um, it plays Pico Eight perfectly, and it has joysticks and buttons, of course. But the the beauty of the Steam Deck is it has track pads on both sides, on the left and right, with your mm-hmm. thumbs. You can use a track pad. It works with the mouse on Pico Eight, so I nice. can literally play this and use my thumb on a trackpad for the mouse.
0: My biggest, my biggest complaint about Pico eight, and it really does throw a wrench in things for me is just that when I'm using like my raspberry Pis to do it, yeah, uh-huh. it's a pain in the butt to update. Mm-hmm. Does the steam deck just auto update? I wish that everything just auto updated. No. It's like, hey, there's a Pico- new version. We'll just download it.
1: Thank you. Pico eight always has this and it is annoying. You have to yep. go download the right version and drop it into a directory. And it's not hard. You just grab it and drop it in. But if there has been six months or a year when you haven't done it, oh, yeah. you're trying to remember which director you're supposed to drop it in and which one you're supposed to download. I got to learn
0: it every time. And then every half the games don't work because everyone's using the new features and I can't get stuff to work. And yeah, just but then once it's up and running, it's easy. So anyways, yep. peek away. I
1: agree. I, it, it, and there's no reason that it shouldn't just update itself over the internet. In my opinion.
0: So here's another very cool, uh, news article that I thought I would drop um game related and basically uh this dude who uh, i'm sure some people know this guy i don't pr- particularly know him um danny o'dwyer uh, apparently somehow came into you can go watch the video yourself i don't know all the details but he's got boxes and boxes of it looks like 100 i think he said 127 boxes uh that he recently purchased or received um full of old data tapes you know vhs and uh, digibeta and micro uh all the different formats right even formats he said he doesn't even know how to play uh, yeah. i guess he had to go ahead and buy all kinds of new equipment to play some of these but basically he, he talked about how uh all of these are from different game companies and uh news outlets and stuff about gaming And uh, there's all kinds of footage and interviews and things lost the time because back in the day, you know, not even that long ago, even up to the early 2000s, everything was on tape. And so if a news station was going to play a 10-minute blurb of interview with a game designer, they had to pop in the tape, play it live on air, and then pull the tape out. Um, So he's asking for some for you know for for donations if you want to but he starts showing some of the footage and it's long lost interviews and all kinds of things um oh, wow. game footage lost game footage lost interviews i keep saying the same stuff over and over again but lots of stuff and uh, one of the things that's cool that he mentioned is he's like a lot of this stuff you you've seen online because it was uploaded in like the early 2000s yeah you know like uh, inner like a ceo not ceo what's that one of the things ces um release videos and things like that and you go online and the quality is terrible and looks fuzzy you can't see detail and stuff you're like oh that's just old it's not because it's old it's because it was originally digitized and put straight on the internet back when the codecs were terrible so he played side by side like some original footage he found compared to the stuff you can find on the internet and it's amazingly better so um anyways really cool project i'm sure that once they go through all these tapes which it's got it's going to take years to go through all these tapes. There'll be all kinds of really cool information and history on video games. So if you're into that, take a look at this and uh, maybe think about uh, donating to some of the efforts. I don't know.
1: That's cool. See, see, Josh Malone, we do care about preservation.
0: Just not cell phone
1: preservation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like all preservation except, except
0: that. Except cell phone. <laughs> that's a joke. That can, a joke that is
1: a joke i'm like alienating kids and josh malone today
0: I, i'm just joshing you oh.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh.
0: eric your All retro right. rerun shirt is very cool Thank however you. what is this
1: this is even cooler well no it's not <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Careful, Frank.
0: We're, we're off everybody today <laughs> Sorry, oh, i can't Frank. say that either i can't no. say that word hold on 22 okay
1: I <laughs> have to peep that out for me, could, Apparently
0: in, in England you can't say that so I got to fix that alright.
1: So in England you can't say what? What did you say? <laughs> this is a good looking shirt, Eric. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let, let's we'll just move right along. Um so w- I wanted to give a little backstory to this. So I'm on Twitter, which I'm on less and less these days as it circles the drain. Um But I was on there and my buddy, Steve, who um, he go, I'm going to throw out his handle here. It's at your dad, 1984. (laughs) You are dad, 1984. Uh, His name's Steve, though. He's been my buddy on Twitter. I've known him since I started Twitter. So it's been a long, long, long time. Um, But he reached out to me recently and said that he opened his own arcade in Virginia. Oh, cool. So he's been buying up machines. We need to go to putting, Virginia.
0: Everyone's in Virginia for some reason.
1: I know we got to go. We got to go just do the rounds, like go to boat fest and then head to my friend Steve's arcade here. Um, but his wife, I guess sent him, um, bought this shirt for him and sh- that she found on Etsy Good wife. And because he has a Dodon actual machine Cabinet? in his arcade. Nice. Uh, um, but it is a Dodompache, uh, which will be in our show notes if you guys want to check it out. It's a t-shirt that I've never seen a Dodon Pachi t-shirt. I think this one's really cool. And it's probably, it's just, it's probably not official. In fact, I'm sure it's not. Oh yeah. But this was a poster that, you know, was back in the day that has now been put on a t-shirt. It's got like orange print that says Dodonpachi like four times and then a picture of one of the ships and a bunch of Japanese stuff, uh, words on it and stuff. that
0: cool little honeycomb background that changes every stage.
1: Yep. So I thought this was a great looking shirt. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet just cause I've been so busy, but I probably will eventually, but I, I like the shirt, thought it was really cool and that's it. That's the story. Nice. nice.
0: Good looking shirt. So cool looking that my wife wouldn't let me wear it, but I like it. <laughs> if it looks Cody, too cool, I can't wear it.
1: What's going on here?
0: Nice transition.
1: Transition. That was smooth.
0: I I just wanted to point out: anytime a new cartridge is released on a system that doesn't get a lot of uh, cartridges, I want to talk about it. So, Bitmap Bureau, who also made uh, Xenocrisis, my favorite, one of my favorite Neo Geo games, uh, is releasing their new title, Final Vendetta. Um, And if you look on here, you can get it uh, in the. MVS version as well as the AES version, and then uh, you know they're going to sell through the cartridges. And I'm sure, you know, just like um, with Xenocrisis a year or two down the road they'll be able to release the ROM, so I could purchase it and put it on my in, in, in your cartridge as well. Um, but yeah, right now you can pick it up for it's about 400 euros, which sounds like a whole lot, and it is a whole lot, but that's how much Neo Geo games cost. Uh, really nice box art, really nice um, looking everything. There's some other uh, little things they throw in here. Um, but, yeah, Final Vendetta, the game itself, which is Neo Geo exclusively, I believe, at this point, is a really slick-looking, um, uh, if you want to call it a side-scrolling, a belt-scrolling uh, beat-em-up, kind of like a Final Fight or something like that. But it looks the like a really slick-looking game.
1: The, the graphics look amazing on that. Absolutely. I, I, and this is... I love beat em so, I mean, I... Man, I really want this, and no, I can't do that. Mine's a, a one hundred and sixty and one cartridge or something like that.
0: Within a year yep. or two, you'll have a you'll have your yeah. your SD card solution. I'm sure they of it. actually right.
1: went for sale recently again in yep. stock, and like I just don't have the money right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. though. It's a spicy meatball, but it's worth it, it and I know you agree. It is. It is. No, this looks fantastic, though. I I, I man, if this was. If this was about two hundred dollars, I would just buy it right now, just the original cartridge.
0: yeah, I mean if it was I probably would for two hundred bucks because I would love to own a modern game in a, in a you know a physical cartridge. But what I do appreciate about what they're doing is this will be released uh, i I believe it will be released um, in digital format for about twenty bucks, which is what I paid for Xenocrisis. and hey, if you're gonna make games this good for a system that old, I will pay your $20 for a digital copy all day long. That's oh, absolutely. That's awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Now, Final Vendetta sounds familiar, though. I think this came out for PC. I
0: think don't know.
1: I, 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 oh, man, I got to look that up because I remember reading about that and thinking, oh, man, that game looks so awesome, and I was going to pick it up. Yeah, Final Vendetta on Steam.
0: There you go. So I think so what they, can, did, I think they made an, a, a yeah Neo Geo game, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they started releasing it kind of like they did a xeno Crisis on other systems as well. Yeah, uh, but it's natively Neo Geo.
1: Yep. So this Final Vendetta, you can buy it right now on Steam half off for twelve dollars forty nine cents.
0: I'm gonna wait until to, to play it on my Neo Geo. That's where I want to yeah. play it.
1: No, I think you should. That would be great. But it, it looks like a fantastic game.
0: Very cool. Um, I'm going to be Tim for this next one Did All you right. know that uh, there's been Big Nintendo mm-hmm. Direct news in June Which was last month but we're talking about it now uh, There's a And I, I was very excited about this too Erica, A new 2D side scrolling Super Mario Brothers game Called Super Mario Brothers Wonder hmm. I'm sure you saw this have you not seen this I have not seen this no. Oh, uh, Well let me tell you there's classic Mario side scrolling gameplay which is turned On it's head with the addition of Wonder Flowers Are you excited yet uh, these game-changing yes. items trigger spectacular moments you have to see to believe witness pipes coming alive wreak havoc as a giant spiky ball and even see more unexpected events called wonder events I'm not gonna lie they make it sound really lame but let's just watch uh what we yes. got here so uh, you know a lot of 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 you know nintendo twists they do do the original mario formula but the point is it's a 2d side scrolling mario game which they have not done in a while the big thing right now is mario can apparently turn into an elephant and probably other animals um but here we go let's watch a little bit of the uh, switch direct talking specifically about this game and you can see it's got vibes of the original uh nes super mario game it's very linear side scrolling at this point uh but it looks fantastic. Yeah. characters have a whole bunch it's very actually it's very um pastel-y which mario games have not been in the past kind of got a pastel and it's like, feel
1: it's that 2d but but very 3d looking you know it's it's uh it's beautiful i mean the graphics are beautiful on it
0: and, and actually i'm just watching some of the cute the visual cues mm-hmm. i can tell it's um it's definitely got old school mario going here like some of the way things are laid out and those those um hills are completely on 45 degree angles, which is very Super Mario uh, world. Yeah. Um, I mean, this looks... it's going to be great. It's going to be great. That's all there is to it. I still have to play the... um, the... what's the uh, Super Mario Brothers... uh, what's the one where you can play four players at one time? It came out on the Wii and then it came out on the Wii U. You talking about, like,
1: the one where you can make your own levels?
0: No, no, no. It's before that, but... Anyways, it, it looked. I, I haven't played it to this day and I, sh- I, well, I want to get around to it. But yeah, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. So most people have heard about it already, but it looks fantastic and pastel
1: Even though Overworld is very 3D, like uh, it, it, it looks for. Per- I have to admit, it looks really slick. I like it.
0: It does. It does. Cool. But is it as good as the box art?
1: <laughs> will it have box art or will it be digital?
0: Oh, that's also a good point.
1: So. <clears throat> this news item is, uh, there is a book coming out called The PC Engine, The Box Art Collection. Um, I believe this is by Bitmap Books. Yep, it is. Um, but I've heard the reviews on this book, and it's they say that the this is fantastic. The art that they have in here is all the, the PC Engine box art, which here in the U.S., we probably didn't get a real good taste of.
0: Yeah, we got kind of lame turbografx yeah. 16 box art
1: <laughs> well, yes we did so this would be a way to kind of look at all the cool very colorful uh, box art for PC engine but I've read that this uh, this is fantastic this book is amazing and there's all obviously blurbs about each game um, it includes the CD or hue card cover um, and and some screenshots of the game as well so I always a get write up on each game. Yeah, I love these type of books because I have several of them for like the C- Amiga 64, ZX Spectrum. Yeah. Um, but they're they're great for just picking up the book, thumbing through it, and then you find a game in that you want to play. Like they're great idea books. Like yep, I love just going through them and getting inspired to play a particular game because I'm reading about it.
0: Yep. And they're really well put together. So
1: it's a cool. nice coffee table style book.
0: If that interests you, I'm sure it will knock it out of the park, Eric. <laughs>
2: um,
0: I was excited about this. Um, again, this is a very Cody thing. Um, I actually started following this guy's work a little bit more. But uh, this gentleman whose name I'm waiting to pop up right now it's Matt something. <laughs> Matt, come on. Come on, Internet. Let me see what it Matt Hewson. Uh, released uh, and You can check the show notes A uh, link here He released a It's a really cool project He put together He he basically said Everyone's doing these Directs now right These video directs Like this you know We just talked about Super Mario Brothers It was released on a Nintendo Direct right Right It was kind of direct From the from the manufacturer Here's what's coming up Building hype Getting excited about stuff So he basically Reached out to anybody Who is releasing A new I'm going to start using This word Eric Because I think it, it Defines it well Neo-retro game, meaning yeah, it's a new game for old hardware. Neo-retro. Yeah.
1: Uh, I like it. I'm going to start using it.
0: Neo-retro. So he reached out, I guess, to, to uh, I don't know how he reached out. He reached out and said, hey, I'm going to do a direct for everybody who's doing their own Neo-retro games, and I'm going to put a little direct t- together. So he came up with the Homebrew Games Summer Showcase 2023, and guess how many entries he got, Eric?
1: Oh, man i can't even imagine Probably. 140 wow and <clears throat> that is a lot
0: and none of these games are like um he might have got more i don't know but none of the games on here are look you know phoned in these all look like legit releases i can't even start to tell you about some of them there's 140 of them i would go on for the rest of this episode uh but these are games and, and it says it's cool because it gives them 30 seconds each uh, you get to watch a whole bunch of gameplay that was provided it tells you what system they're being released on um so you know just for the heck of it let me just pick one here uh so we're in the middle of watching some nes game here right now and then i'm just gonna wait a few seconds to get to the you know whatever the next one is here but It'll point out. Here we go. Now this happens to be a game called Hyperion. It's being released on the NES. It gives the guy's name Stefan something. Uh, being released in late 2023, so you can look forward to this game coming out. Here's one called Yosai Wars on the Game Boy Color, being released in 2023 by Nick Kai. And this looks amazing. Look at this game. I want to play this game. Uh, so take the time. It's a 20 a 29 minute direct, and get lost in these new Neo Retro games that are coming out for systems that you already own and uh, get excited about them with me.
1: So I am going to put this on my to-do list. This looks amazing. I, I, it is right up my alley. I would love to find out about awesome new homebrew yeah. games. This looks... For this, sure. This, this look, honestly, I think this would be more interesting than the big directs. I really don't watch them because I don't find them that interesting.
0: I just I find a game or two in the big directs that get me excited. But yeah, there's a lot of kind of... Uh, fluff in there that doesn't appeal to me. But yeah. Yeah. You wanna take Tim's this time?
1: Yes. Yes I do. Uh let me get on the right page here. So Tim says also wait, wait, wait. Did I miss something? He just starts with the word also. So I'm just yep, gonna I'm just does. gonna read this right from here. It's a weird way to start, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> also on the Switch PS4, PS5, Xbox, latest of a line of new Sonic games, Sonic Superstars where you adventure through the mystical North Star Islands in this all-new take on classic 2D Sonic, high-speed action platforming, play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy Rose, and harness all new Emerald powers to move and attack in dynamic new ways, due late 2023.
0: I want to There's move and attack here. in dynamic new ways.
1: I do. Uh, <laughs> Super so- I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't been able to do that in a couple of years. Man. <laughs> uh, SonicSuperstars.com is the website but um so it's all lego stuff huh
0: no i think that was um one portion of the game i'm very curious here but uh okay i don't know i, I guess we should have done our research on this before we full, you know looked at it but yeah a new spin on the classic it's uh plays your favorite characters it's funny because they're doing basically a modern take on a 2d sonic game which is what we just talked about mario doing right that's um, right um and it, I would say it looks kind of like the Mario game. It's respecting the old stuff, but doing it in a super clean, graphically interesting new way and adding some new features.
1: Cool. It does look, it, that really does look cool. I'm not a big Sonic fan, but that's um, true. <laughs> I'm always interested in, you know, I, I'll give anything a chance. I wasn't a big 3D Mario fan at all. And then I played Mario Odyssey and beat it. And I loved it every second of it. So
0: Yeah, I stopped to play the game.
1: Oh, man, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you should. Definitely. Next time, just borrow it from me. No one else here is going to play it.
0: (laughs) I'm playing it. Uh, And then this is this is uh, I had to read this ahead of time because I got so excited about this that you put this in here. But um, you'll have to explain to us what exactly you mean by this.
1: Yep. So I first heard this on the Amigos and they made it sound like it was a done deal. Um. I did my research independently, not that I don't trust our bros on the Amigos. Um, I do, but I did the research and there's no official word that I can find um, other than hints that Retro Games Limited, the company that makes these minis and stuff. So anyway, the news, the headline here is Amiga 500 Maxi confirmed, question mark. Um, This guy on YouTube who's called You've Been Gamed (laughs) <laughs> um, he goes on there and it says, uh, the Amiga Maxi is confirmed by retro games limited. Now I kind of dug into the video and stuff, and it's really based on things that retro games limited has said in forums and just little hints that they've been dropping. And I, I don't think it's, I, I, I after reading everything, there isn't an official word like official, but um, it does seem to the, the evidence seems to follow the line. You know, they 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 came out the 64 Maxi and the Vic Maxi and some some other things. I think there's a very, very, very good chance that this is true, that that they are developing an Amiga maxi so there will be one with a what it is is it's like the mini but it has a full keyboard that works pretty much but it's pretty much the it's
0: same thing. More, more or less full size this one probably won't be full size because the a500 is too big by today's standards but near full and I size i don't think would be they'll
1: good. call it that i bet yeah i mean it'll probably be more of the 600 form factor because it doesn't there get much go. smaller yeah. than the amiga 600 It's just the size of the keyboard right um i bet it'll be an a600 mini or or maxi but it'll be called something else
0: here's my thing with this yeah that sounds great i'm excited about it but if they could go ahead and actually put out some um c64 maxis and vic 20 maxis so i could buy one first i i'm still waiting for that yeah it drives me nuts that we can't get them
1: you can only import them right now and i don't know if that will ever change I I don't think they're going to sell them locally.
0: I even went on amazon.co.uk and I don't know if they have it like turned off because I have an American IP address or whatever it is, but I can't see them. They're not available.
1: I think we can get our boy. So bad. Tim. We need our boy. Tim. Stop abusing
0: Tim because it's weird because yeah, in, in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, the UK had to wait for everything and couldn't get anything we had. Now it's the other way around. They have everything and we cannot get it. And I guess it's revenge, but I'm bitter and angry about it. So I want one. Yeah. Um, This I'm surprised. I haven't heard much more about this, but I've been following ever since I bought um, a few devices from retro HQ in the past. Uh, The guy makes amazing stuff. And uh, works with some U.S. distributors now to distribute his stuff, such as Stone Age Gamer. So that's what the link I put in the show notes. But it is official. The 7800 Game Drive has been released and is making its way to distributors now. So if you are looking for an Atari 7800 SD card solution with all kinds of cool extra tricks in it, you can either pre-order or um, you might get lucky enough to get one of the first ones that hit distribution, such as Age Gamer. Um, They happen to be selling it for, I'm sure everyone's selling it for a similar price, uh, $159.99. But, of course, it's a cartridge you pop into your 7800 and allows you to play games off of SD cards, so you can have the entire library plus homebrew plus whatever you want on this cartridge, um, which has not been possible before. However, it has some other really cool features um which i'm going to kind of read you here it has all the additional audio chips you'll ever need eric including two pokey chips for dual pokey music a ym2151 chip which i think is the yamaha synthesizer if i'm correct and kovox audio for sampled sound bug chip for blasting sampled music uh so i can, first of all that gets me excited because i think people will start uh producing software for this thing specifically to be played on your 7800 which would be really fun
1: yeah that should open up some new uh, homebrew channels right
0: yeah for sure um it also features a unique rgb video and audio output port on the cartridge itself so you do not have to mod your 7800 like eric and i did you can literally plug this cart in put like a genesis 2 style plug in the front of this cart and go right to your tv Dang. How cool that is that? I do
1: all that work. I know. Dang. <laughs> um,
0: allowing you to play your 7800 and 2600 games, because the 7800 plays those in glorious Mega Drive 2-style video cable. Uh, it also allows you to break into your games, save your state, load previous states, enable cheats, or just return to the game menu and load another game. Uh, to make this even easier, there's also the adapter eric there's more but wait there's more for $15 dollars 14 99 you can get the mega 7800 adapter allows you to use the mega drive and master system controllers think genesis and master system controllers in the u.s on your 7800 and access game breaking features at the touch of a button so if you that's pretty slick if you didn't love like no one did the 7800 controller if yours even no worked one. anymore yeah. Now you can also buy this little adapter, works with this cart, plug in uh, a Genesis controller that works well. This this is a game changer for the 7800. And it looks slick.
1: That is insane, yeah. I mean, just to be able to plug in uh, the Genesis controller. So I wonder what it does. Does it plug into that AV port on one end and then just go? No, here, like, I'll sh- show make- it to
0: you. I apologize. Okay. I didn't, here it is right here. Oh, I'm sorry. I was a yeah. dollar off. It's fifteen ninety nine. So it plugs right into your nine pin standard port. Yeah. And then it's got this little dongle here, which you'd plug your controller into. Yeah. And then it allows yeah. you to um, switch modes, so you can have light gun mode, two button mode, three button mode, or six button mode if you want to use that controller. Gotcha. Because the pins don't align. Um, yeah. Yeah, they don't align so, to, it, to that to your standard controller.
1: So that's awesome, but the AV port is what I was talking about. So the AV port on the cartridge itself that so you don't have to mod for AV. Yeah. So that plugs into there. That kind of it looks almost like an S video adapter. You plug it's that into the there Genesis 2 cable. The Genesis 2 cable and then the other end though on a Genesis 2, if I remember right, was just composite, correct? Right? Okay. So that would be fine as long as it's a clear picture, right?
0: Yep. It's cuz huh. the standard ones RF.
1: Wow, so, I mean, is I, I already got all that stuff. Mm, this this is becoming more and more attractive to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I want one.
1: I might get that, and and I got to tell you the yeah the controller adapter that's a that's a buy for me anyway I, <laughs> even if you yeah, don't I get I the cartridge, the, yeah, yeah, that's the reason um, I, I don't what, play
0: the seventy eight hundred as much as I might want to. Is I pull that controller out and just go, oh
1: yeah, yuck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Game changer, that's, Eric. Not to mention, I mean, I, my Atari 2600 is great, but yeah, the video is not the best in the world that comes out of there. Yeah. So
0: there we go. So that's about to drop.
1: All right. So let me uh, let me get my best Tim voice on. Hello. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not going to be. You I'm never do, do it. You never
0: try, Eric. I'm I, I really bad
1: confidence. <laughs> I'm horrible at British accents. Okay. For all the ultimate 1541 and ultimate 64 owners out there, new firmware has been released by Gideon. Now you can update your device to 3.10 J various improvements to too many to list as this is the first update since 3.10 a in 2021, according to the release notes. So if you have one, you will want to get this installed. I did. That was Tim. Um, I, that's amazing because I do have an ultimate 64 and an ultimate 1541 and I, I haven't updated it in a, in a very long time. So, um, what can you click on that change log there? Where is it at? It's right below there. Yep. There we go. All
0: right. Let's take a look. See, I want to
1: see, because you, I got to tell you, it's, it's dang near perfect as it is.
0: So yeah, probably just look at this area here.
1: Yeah geo ram at boot uh fixed an x file system problem easy flash save function now saves all chip chunks i don't know what that means sounds disgusting um <laughs> agreed support for two megahertz operation for any cartridge including easy flash okay yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of meat in here so
0: i mean it's a lot of little things that probably affect things. i don't know what he's talking about it doesn't yeah. excite me per se but obviously if you have one it's worth updating right what about the additions yeah. here
1: yeah, the additions are firmware target added as the Ultimate 2 Plus L, which is a new version. System information page now shows elaborate version information. All right, that doesn't matter. Geos support functions from Marcus C64. That's a big deal. I used to run Geos from my Ultimate 64, and it ran pretty well. So this must okay. add additional f- support functions.
0: Cool. Yeah, nothing, nothing like it. I mean, I don't have one, so, of course, I can't be too excited anyways. I've been wanting one, but... Um... Yeah. Nothing, no, honestly, nothing that gets me too excited. It's a little, a little yeah. too nerdy for me, Eric. Just a little too nerdy. <laughs> does it play <laughs> my games better? Is that my, that's my question? Uh, and I'm sure in certain cases it does. So, um, all
1: right. You got a. Lo- right. You got some. I got a
0: bunch here. here. I, 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 I right. went big. Um, I'm ready. And I'm ready. In fact, one of the ones, uh, Eric here, I think. Oh no, I was going to talk about this, but uh, oh, anyways. All right. Couple things here. This is the yeah. latest and greatest news right before we started recording. Uh, again, give full credit to timeextension.com, which has become, like, my my news agency of choice right after uh, Indie Retro News. So, really quick, uh, I won't go into too much detail, but there's new game uh, for free. It's a Galaga-style game where you control the aliens instead of the Galaga plane. So, you oh. can hop on... Uh, uh, there's a itch.io page. It's free, and it's here. I'll show you a quick little gif. You're actually the planes up here, and you use a, a cursor to control where the bad guys at the top of the screen go and when they shoot. And you're trying to take out the Galaga plane at the bottom of the screen. It's a pretty, pretty fun idea.
1: Yeah. So the Galaga plane is probably controlled by the computer, right?
0: Yep. Exactly. And then after you beat a level, it looks like you get to choose a couple upgrades and then keep going. So definitely gonna want to give oh. that a shot. Looks like fun.
1: That looks like that's a very interesting take on it for sure.
0: Uh, the next item I have here <clears throat> is the one I think you put at the end of the list, Eric.
1: Yeah. So we don't need to talk about it. If and that, my Pajaco did put this in our discord, so I want to give him some credit that he alerted us to this. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit on discord. So let's talk about it now.
0: Yeah. I, I found this just today. So, uh, I hadn't checked our discord at this point, but, uh, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted on this one to be honest but if you remember last yeah. uh, month we, in our news we talked about Blaze who makes Evercade all the Evercade stuff that we love uh, and they're starting a new company which was going to be non-video game stuff but in a similar realm right and this new company is going to be called Hyper Mega uh, or Hyper Mega Tech and uh, we were trying to figure out okay what kind of stuff are they doing are they doing just kind of like nerdy stuff is it going to be videos is it going to be toys based off video games what is this going to be and in a surprising change of, uh, of events, in my mind, their first release has been announced, and it's called the Super Pocket, and it's another handheld. So it's a Game Boy-style handheld, uh, and it has... there's two different versions right now that they're talking about. One is the Taito version, which has 17 arcade classics built into it. And then the other one is, a I believe, a Capcom Uh handheld that's right which has yep. 12 capcom arcade games built into it and they kind of look honestly i mean hopefully they're better but they kind of look like those cheesy ones you would get at walmart um right. which don't you're right which is not terribly exciting uh they're kind of like a small game boy they're vertical with the screen at the top and a game boy button layout at the bottom but with four buttons instead of just two um but the, I guess the big kicker is they also, if you flip it around, have a cartridge port on the back and they'll play all your Evercade games. So why do they need to make, make a whole new company to do this? I don't understand.
1: I don't know either. But, I mean, with that said, the price on these yes. sounds right. <laughs> I mean, if they're if they're really cheesy and cheap-feeling, then maybe not. But if if they stick with their trend of making pretty high-quality things and the buttons feel good and everything feels good on this. The price is right. I think it was like something around it's 59, 59 us euros, dollars, dollars,
0: 49, no, only 49 euros, 59 us dollars.
1: See, that's that, that. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that I, I will, I would want to hold one and try one out. Um, but, or, or at least get a review of how the buttons and D and pad feel, if they feel good. I like the form factor. I think the form factor looks great.
0: I think they look great. I don't think I need another handheld that plays Evercade games, and I definitely don't need one with games locked inside of it. Um, Okay. The screen's going to be super small. I can't play handheld games with big screens hardly, nonetheless a small one. Um, But they do look solid, and what I do like about it is a lot of these games are going to be like Super Nintendo-style games, so they actually have R1, R2, L1, and L2 on the back Which is pretty cool I don't think I've seen another handheld with buttons on the back like that Except for maybe, does the analog pocket do that? Maybe
1: I don't know if the analog pocket does But there are a few of the um, The Anbernic ones that do
0: Gotcha So what, what this kind of makes me think And I could be completely wrong Oh, it looks like there's some special versions here too That are uh, transparent, which are kind of cool It almost makes me think that they created this second brand to release kind of cheap stuff. (laughs) Um, Like this is the other one's a video game, excuse me, a video game handheld and a video game system, whereas this is a kind of a toy. I don't know.
1: Right. I'm not, I'm not, I know this is going to sound weird. I'm not really opposed to that.
0: I'm not either. Um, I just, I don't want to buy this though, I don't think.
1: Right, right, right. Um, I totally understand it's different strokes for different folks, but I mean, I, if it's, if it's halfway decent, I'd really don't mind buying cheaper kind of, kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to explain, but I mean, it just depends. It really is going to depend on the quality. I mean, if it's really crappy, then yeah, I don't want to spend any money on it at all but i do like the form factor um i like the idea i mean having one with but 12 capcom games on it would be pretty neat i mean
0: i I get frustrated. i mean i'm only talking negative stuff i agree with you it's a cool device for the right person i think it's probably a great solution and if you don't have an evercade device this might be the one for you
1: awesome
0: i still get frustrated with the fact that their licensing with capcom locks them into only putting it into units i want the capcom cart or nothing
1: gotcha yeah that frustrates me but that's fair
0: and then I have one last news item, which I guess will be our last news item for this month. And this is pretty neat. Uh, maybe I have not done it yet. Maybe maybe I will. Maybe other people should join me. But you can now pre-register for Google's new AR, that's Augmented Reality Space Invaders Experience, Eric. So basically... Huh. How's this going to work? It, I don't know the full thing, but it's on your phone. You can do it Android or iOS go download the app app and pre-register and it's something to do with you being able to use your phone to walk around your town and point your phone in the sky and shoot bad guys space invaders out of the sky it really doesn't huh. show an example of the actual gameplay yet but it shows people in a city and like mock space invaders coming down and attacking the city and stuff what a cool idea i'd love to see how it actually works um in you know yeah. in reality but it uses google's ar core technology geospatial creator which i guess uh does 3d views of like the whole world so no matter where you are you can play space invaders in your skyline <laughs> which would be really cool if you live in a city it'd probably be less cool if you live in montana where it's just wide open fields i don't know right. either way it's
1: i want to give it a shot yeah i'll i'm i'm down for it I'll i'll give it a shot it looks pretty cool fun Right on. I think that's it for the news.
0: Absolutely. Which means it's time for what, Eric?
1: It's time for Battle of the Systems. Battle of the Systems.
0: So, Eric, we have started the battle. And I've done this in the past, and I apologize. But the first thing I need to bring up is, do you have your next beer ready?
1: I do. I do. (laughs) I definitely. You never have to worry about me. I always have it.
0: So I want to incorporate this. You get that beer ready. And I'll, once again, really quick point out uh, our battle of the systems this month is two games from my past, two games I don't think Eric's ever played. Uh, They are both first-person shooters that came out after Doom and we're trying to kind of do the next thing, the next doom. Uh one of those games being Marathon, which was an exclusive game by Bungie or Bungie, whatever you want to call it, on the Macintosh computer line. And this is why I own this game. It's two reasons. One, my mom wouldn't let me play any games where you actually shoot people. And these were like <laughs> obviously alien creatures. They were nothing, they were not people, and they had yellow yeah. blood, not red blood, so it was okay. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like the only first person shooter on the Macintosh. And I pitted that up against, uh, a classic PC game of the time, which I don't think Eric has actually heard of, which I'm surprised about dark forces, which is a star Wars game on the PC. And, uh, both these games came out, uh, within a few months of each other. I think one might've been technically been 94. One was technically 95. I guess you can give me the raw stats here later, Yes, Um, but that will be our battle Uh, but now that you have grabbing, grabbing, grabbing your beer. Yeah. Eric, what is, what is item number two? Is this more of the same, more anger steam or, or.
1: Nope, nope, nope. I got a special beer just for this. Um, I grabbed, it's called easy peasy and it is a dry hopped pilsner and it has a little pixelated bomb on it, which I think is really cool. Do you see that little bomb?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. It's definitely going for that video game vibe.
1: It's got so and the the it's got big letters E Z P Z one two three Z. It's by Urban Roots, which is right here in Sacramento. You like that one, yeah? Um, brewed, fermented, and canned by Urban Roots Brewing, Sacramento. Dry hopped Pilsner. It is uh, uh, what is the percentage on this bad boy? Oh, five percent. So it's it's typical Pilsner. All right, as far as the alcohol content. All right. Ooh.
0: So Eric, yeah, really quick before I tell you my next beer. I will tell you that uh, before we started the show, I had two beers with dinner as I was getting ready for the show, finished work, wanted to have a couple beers, but I didn't, I knew, I have a couple of um, high alcohol content beers tonight, and the beers I have are all like full pints, so I didn't want to get too far, too far gone, I wanted to be responsible. (laughs) So I will tell you that the two beers I had earlier today, I went out and bought more of those old Milwaukee non-alcoholic beers. Oh, so are you going to have it again? So I don't know if that means I'm being responsible or if it means I have a problem because I'm buying beer without alcohol so I can keep drinking beer. (laughs) Even when I don't want to drink, drink,
1: I want to drink. It is responsible.
0: There you go. I like the way you think about it. But no, this beer today is a Deschutes beer. Uh, Very summer looking because it's in a big, bright orange can and it's called Fresh Haze IPA. Eric's favorite. He loves those IPAs. Uh, It is a hazy IPA, which means it's delicious. Uh, made uh, from Deschutes in Bend, Oregon, and it is 6.5 percent by volume. Not my highest alcohol content tonight. We'll get there. Uh, I think both of my next ones are higher, actually. So, aha, uh-huh. and cheers, my friend. Cheers. Right on. You still make the bomb noise, even though we're doing the the, the baseball thing right now.
1: <laughs> it's it's habit it is habit um yeah, this is interesting okay <laughs> no i i think you would i think you would like this Pilsner a lot, oh okay, so this is um you know they they they' are saying that this is a dry hopped Pilsner, and I didn't really know what that meant, right um but what does there it mean is to a you? Hop, it definitely has a hop profile to it um but it—it's one of those profiles that it, it, its kind of hard to explain. It dampens very quickly, so you drink it, you taste the hops, but then it doesn't linger. Okay, um, if that makes any sense. So, I—it's good. It's good, um, but not like your typical Pilsner at all. It has a lot of flavor, a lot of hop flavor.
0: All right. So out of one hundred and twenty-seven, yeah, what was one hundred and twenty-seven years of service?
1: Yeah. I would give it 90... 90. 90. okay. Yeah, it's 90. It's good, it's good. What about yours? Deschutes is a legendary brewery. Deschutes now.
0: makes some good stuff, and they're... They do. Yeah. There's actually some really good organ breweries as well. Um, it says right on the back here, intensely juicy, and I agree with that. It is very juicy. Um, yeah, I love that... that uh, irresistibly hazy. It's definitely a hazy freshly squeezed. It tastes fresh, Uh, and no fruit was harmed in the making of this beer. (laughs) So, uh, I agree with all that. Um, is it juicy AF as the kids say? It is. It's really good. This is really good. Really? It's really good. Um, again, I, then I know they put it in an orange can, uh, they don't actually like pour orange juice in this, but it's definitely giving off like a, an orangey citrus, um, maybe a pomelo vibe, maybe a um, oh. I'm trying to think of some of those weird fruits you never hear, a kumquat, maybe a little kumquat. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah. This might be a new regular for me. I, I, I'm going to take one more sip. <laughs> I think this is beer of the year so far. Really? I've only had three sips, but I absolutely love it.
1: That is actually really cool because Deschutes is a good brewery, so I'm glad they make a an IP like a hazy that's actually really good.
0: Yeah, this is good. This is good. All right. Uh I mean I've only sipped on it a couple times here, but out of one twenty seven. Yeah. I'm gonna give this one one oh no, I'm gonna go higher. One thirteen, Eric.
1: Wow, 113 113. one thirteen. One thirteen
0: high praise. Mm-hmm. That is high praise. You know, the, my soundboard doesn't have any, too many positive sounds yet, so I'll just give it a <coughs> hey <laughs> we're, we're getting used to the new soundboard here. Yeah. All right, back to the Battle of Systems, which we've started and not gotten anywhere. Eric, what can you tell us about our first game? We'll do this chronologically, which was okay. Marathon.
1: Uh, yes, so Marathon. Let's talk about Marathon. <clears throat> the developer for Marathon was Bungie. I always say Bungie. Yep. I think same. That's correct. Uh it came out on the Mac, but it also came out on the Pippin. <laughs> oh,
0: really? That's news to me.
1: Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there is Bungie a Pippin. made the Mac version and Bandai made the made the Pippin version. Isn't that crazy? That's very
0: crazy, actually.
1: Um so on the Macintosh came out on December twenty-first, nineteen ninety-four, which that surprises me. There's, December 21st is a little too late in the game for Christmas time, right? <laughs> you know, um,
0: if you're doing your shopping late Christmas shopping, then... <laughs> yep. yep. Macintosh was, was a, a first- weird world, man. Macintosh.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, definitely. Um, it's a first-person shooter, obviously. The mode is a single-player <clears throat> and multiplayer game. Um, that Those are the dry statistics that I have.
0: Yeah, and just a little back history for me. So yeah, this is the game we used to get Macintosh World. I think it was called or Mac World Magazine. Yeah,
1: the, the old magazine.
0: And um, actually, I don't even know if it was magazine. It was it was some kind of Mac distribution magazine. Basically, we could buy stuff, and because uh, no one sold Mac stuff. Um right. And every single month, we'd get a new epi- a new issue, and I'd pour over it to try to find the two or three new items in that entire like hundred page magazine. Because there was never anything new. Like, software was hard to come by. And uh, I remember when Marathon finally was uh, shown, I was so excited that there was a game coming out for the Mac. I mean, seriously, from my point of view, uh, going in there and seeing where in the world is Carmen Sandiego for, like, two years straight. Seeing, um, I'm trying to remember what other games you saw. A game like Peter Gabriel's something, some point-and-click adventure called Peter (laughs) Gabriel's something. Um, yeah I mean there was only a handful it missed eventually missed uh but there's only a handful of games other than that like I was playing choplifter and stuff like that at this point right yeah and watching going a to my big selection yeah go into my buddy's house who had DOS computers right they had to type weird stuff to get their games playing once they got playing they were playing Lucas Arts games like Sam and Max they were playing King's Quest they were playing doom I didn't have these games so when I saw this game it was probably the only game in my life i actually begged for and i actually eventually my mom actually bought it for me um and it was marathon and it was uh this this space shooter which just like dark forces our next game is a space shooter so these are actually same time frame kind of same subject matter same everything um, yeah. i wish i i took the time to actually get this brilliant on one of my macs here and actually playing it on a mac and in fact i might still do that but as eric mentioned earlier uh this is free to download uh last month if our if you look at our show notes the link is in there and you can download marathon one two and three right now because they're coming out with a new marathon game
1: oh wow is it officially by Bungie?
0: i know actually i just saw a little thing right here it says the mac was shamefully left out of Bungie's marathon revival oh i guess it is Bungie. so yeah i guess it okay. is
1: but i mean they're gonna so Bungie's making a new marathon but it's gonna be probably pc only <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it says the mac was left out of it so yeah it's not going to be on the mac oh ah, that's a bummer which is which is funny <laughs> so and i never was like a mac guy i just that's the computer i had in fact i always wanted a dos computer uh right. e- even when i had my first macintosh i'm sorry this is going on a tangent uh we had a mac plus which is black and white right and it was an expensive computer and blah 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 but then i remember seeing my friend who had an apple 2 and i'm like wait yours has color that's better you know, but that was released at what five, six years earlier. Yeah, I'm like well, yeah. yours has Oregon Trail and it has all these games and they're in color. Like you have the better computer. I want that. But anyways, I still love the Mac. It just nostalgia. Sure. Sorry, Eric. I just went and talking. Let me go ahead and click the link. Get some video playing for us to talk over. Mm-hmm. And uh, what were your thoughts playing this game? And uh, or or if I can ask, what's the gameplay like?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> let me tell you about my journey with this game. So <clears throat> we were able to download the PC version of this and that's really mainly what I played it on was the they they've made it very easy. You literally download it, run this exe and it just starts up and plays and it plays brilliantly. Um so there's no difficulty in playing this, but I did want to try to get a taste of what it was like on the map.
0: Oh, he did it. He so, did
1: it. Yep. So I went out and I to the garage and I pulled out that uh, that Mac you gave me, the Performa. Yeah, and, and uh, I had to do some digging. So I because the the disk emulator that I have is a little thing that plugs into any Mac any, from that era and like it'll simulate the floppies. This came on four floppy disks, so I had to go download the actual floppy images of this, which I didn't have any problem finding. But when I put them on there, they did boot, but it crashed a lot.
0: Oh, really? And it was
1: probably just dodgy disk images. Okay. Um, but I did get it to run on there, and it was enough to I played the first level on the Mac, and then I decided to just play the rest on PC.
0: Okay. So I commend you because I wish I got to try that again.
1: Yeah, I got them working, and it worked. Um. So the game. Let, let's talk about the game. I, I took a lot of notes, but I did play this about three weeks ago, so um, my memory's a little hazy. So I'm going to go with the the video here. The first of all, the PC version that we have does have a bit of enhanced graphics versus the Mac version. So um, I was lucky to play the Mac version that had the original graphics. And, and um, the game starts out that there's a, there is a whole story to this game um, that really plays out. Without the use of cutscenes. I think that's okay. amazing. Um, the story plays out because you can walk up to computer terminals and read the files that are on the computer terminals. Yeah. And it's immersive. It immerses you in the game a lot better to me than a game that has a ton of cutscenes. Um, and the reason for that um, is that I think cutscenes take you out of the gameplay elements. Yes. Um, so anyway, there is that, um, but it is a game. Now imagine this time era, you have doom, you have Wolfenstein. These are first person shooting games, but when you fire, you don't have to look up and down. You don't really have to aim. As long as you're pointing in the right direction, you'll hit the enemy. Yeah. They'll auto fire
0: up above you or below you, depending on where the enemy is, as long as you're horizontally in line with them.
1: Correct. Both of these games, Marathon and Star Wars Dark Forces, are not. They were the first of the. They were the first of this group to actually, you can map, or I, on the original thing, you would use your mouse to actually be able to look up and down and go left and right, et cetera, et cetera. So I, these have the up and down elements, which they used to affect. In both games, there will be ledges above you, uh, pits below you where you can look down, look up. So, I'm gonna. In that aspect, it was the next generation above Doom kind of clone. So, I'm right? not.
0: We'll talk about that later with Dark Forces, which I, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm jumping ship here, but I downloaded on Steam to play it. Yeah. Um, it did not have that ability for me.
1: So, you can map it because I downloaded it on Steam too.
0: Oh, interesting. So, I was using my mouse and I could only go left and right and then it would shoot above and below for me.
1: Yeah, so there may be an auto thing for that, but you can take the keys, cause there are keys that will do look up or down. I wanna say they were E and D or something, but I mapped them on my Steam Deck to the other to, to the joystick. Oh you
0: use the Steam Deck, that's why. I was using the mouse. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, to clarify that we're gonna have a little bit different experience there, but okay.
1: Understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely and that that is gonna be the thing about an old game like this, the first person shooter. It's gonna be a different experience. I had to tinker a lot with the key bindings on both of these games to get them to work the way I wanted. Either the Understood, mouse yeah. thing was too fast or too slow or the walk and run. Exactly. So it took a lot of doing. But anyway, um it, it is a story marathon is a story-driven thing where you're on a space station. Um and God, I, I mean, I, I had the storyline down here. You're on a space station in 2794. Um, what is the space station? I'm trying to think of what the space station was doing. Do you remember the storyline on this?
0: I No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it actually does start with cut scenes. And so if you like the cutscenes, scenes, you can follow the, along with the story and it, it's very immersive. I, I will give you it that. Is,
1: it's very immersive and it has a really cool story. And I did play through the game. They're basically on the space station. Um, you are, um, on the space station and it is managed by three different AIs. One is called Tycho's. One is called um, Durandal. I think Durandal Durandal. And the other one is uh, Leela. Oh, Leela! And Tycho is the one that is the kind of the takes care of the humans and stuff like the HR person. And, I, I, I forget what their roles are, but the, the plot of the story is that one of the AIs, Dur- Dur- Durandal, I think it's Durandal, <laughs> um, Durandal actually goes crazy. It's an AI, it's very like ripped from the headlines today, right? It's like chat GPT going crazy and killing you. Yep. Um, Durandal starts to misbehave and starts to go crazy and you find out in the story, and I don't know if I want to give this... I mean, I guess. I mean, this, these games are so old. I mean, there, there could be spoilers yeah, here. let us in a little bit. Um, Durndal, as you progress through the game, you find out that that AI is the one who called out to aliens that eventually come and find you. Oh, Durndal! Because Durndal wants to be... not give us up f- again. He wants to be free or whatever. So, basically, these aliens come, and you... You were somewhere else. I can't remember. You were on like a, a planet or a moon or something. I think it was a moon. And then you go back, you're, you're in a space, you're in a shuttle and you're heading back to the space station and these aliens come and shoot your shuttle and you have to go into an escape pod. The escape pod comes back to the space station. And once you get on the space station, you find out it's overridden with aliens. And that's really the game setup. So you go in there and you start firing on aliens and shooting aliens and et cetera, et cetera. You can find weapons. You can find power ups to your shields. Like you have armor on that or shields. Um, but the cool thing about the power ups, they're not just laying around like in doom or, or uh, Wolfenstein or whatever they're in logical places on the space station. So they will be in an armory or they will be in a room where they're set up. I mean, the thought of building the levels here was very uh it's all very immersive. It, it's, it's all very immersive using, yeah. and, and the lighting and everything in the space station is dark in some areas and light in some areas. Um when you look out a window in Marathon, you can see the alien ship you're fighting. Um Yep. It it it, it there are a lot of little details. Atmospheric. Yes, atmospheric. Um The sound is okay. There's music that plays in some levels, and the music kind of is okay. Um,
0: But I would say most levels there's lack of music and it's just sound and kind of this eerie drone noise. Correct. Which again, atmospheric.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: It definitely goes less for arcade and more for experience.
1: Yep. As you progress through the game and the story unfolds, um, the AIs will start helping you like, the, first of all, the, the one that's crazy will start turning. There, there's like these automated drones that are around on the ship and they will start turning those drones against you. Um, and then eventually, like for some reason, I can't remember why, but you start firing on, They there are these dudes that are around called bobs. Do you remember those? Oh, the bobs. Do you remember the bobs? I remember the bobs. They, they were uh bob stands for something uh, I, I, born on born on base there That's you right.
0: go okay that makes sense now bob i didn't know that born but... on
1: base so there are people that are on the sp- space station that were born on the base um another thing that was really cool about marathon is that every gun has a secondary fire mode which was a first of its kind yeah um so, you know, you can fire a bullet with with one mode, and then maybe the other mode is like a short burst of bullets. Um, the game is in chapters, uh, so that, you, you know, you're basically going through a story mode and going through chapters. You do have a map mode, as you can see in the screen right there. Yeah, maybe um, if I can say some things real quick. So. Please, yeah.
0: When it comes to the gameplay, first of all, as soon as I loaded this up, nostalgia smacked me over the head. So I'm going to do my best yeah. to try to kick that out of the review. But as soon as I heard the noise and saw the marathon, I'm like, oh man, I like I forgot about this for 20... 20- this is a game I haven't seen for years. Yeah. And I played so much of it because this was like my only game for such a long time. So uh, every time something new popped up, it, it it brought me back. So So the first thing I'll say is, At the time, I never understood this, but looking back now, I do I know this now, especially because Amiga did a lot of this. You have a GUI on the screen that takes up about half the screen. That's a lot of it. It's a big GUI, and it's really well done. It's attractive looking, and it gives you really cool information about your gun, how many bullets are in it. it, shows you how many clips you have, what gun you have loaded. It gives you a little radar showing you where enemies are, so you use the radar all the time to figure out where enemies are because it's kind of a claustrophobic game. You've got your um, your armor and your health bars. You've got uh, this dial in the top corner. I don't think actually did anything. It just looked cool. But your game, your actual screen, is kind of uh, uh, not even quite two thirds of the screen. Five eighths of the screen, kind of sm- shoved in the in the top right, and that's where your gameplay happens. Uh, and that, and I'm sure they do that because you can play a much smoother game in a smaller window. Um, again, the Miga did that on a ton of their attempts at first person shooters, which none of them works terribly well. Uh, but I have to say compared to like doom, uh, which I'm going to say all these games were comparing themselves to doom at the time that was full screen and fast and arcadey. This one definitely went for storytelling and gameplay. And I think it does that much, much better. Um, but it, I think a lot of it had to, they had to do it that way. Otherwise it would just be a game shoved in a small little box. Uh, um, right. And so what I will say is you're using the map constantly in this game. Doom is a game where you can fly through there and you're attacking stuff and blowing. It's twitch reactions. It's big noises. It's this kind of semi-pixely you know, pixely met- metallic um, soundtrack. This is atmosphere and kind of figuring out where to go next, slowly going around corners, checking things slowly, looking at your map, getting to the point a lot of the time, a lot of these levels, where you're like, I swear I've done everything. I can't figure out what to do next. You kind of have to figure out i wouldn't call it a puzzle per se but you have to kind of figure out what's next um there are you know little there's buttons everywhere to open certain doors but you don't know what it opened until you search around and figure and you heard something open but where is it right um there's little save points and that's a key in this game too if you've done since your last save point if you've wasted all your ammunition or like lost all your health don't save again (laughs) because you will start your new save with all that stuff gone right and you can get to a point where you screw yourself over or if you're going to save you know save multiple copies um but i would say this is a very much a a strategic thinking man's narrative shooter um more so than an action like it's it's not doom it's definitely not doom
1: Couple things I had here in my notes. There's a motion sensor, a little radar in the corner of the HUD that is a motion sensor, which is very cool, shows you when enemies are around you. Um you do not pick up armor upgrades or whatever. You have these things called that are shields on your body. And Yep. Right here. (laughs) There are no power-ups for that. You go to a station and recharge them. So you have to walk up, press the button, and you'll see your 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 shields charge up there, right?
0: And those stations only have so much charge to give you. So it's
1: not like they're unlimited. Right. Yep. Um on 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 one one or two levels, not on every level, that you encounter levels of the space station that don't have oxygen. And so you have to also refill your oxygen and there's an oxygen meter mm-hmm. too that shows you how much oxygen you have. I think it's is that green if I remember I think so, something like that. It's not on every level. It's not really used all that often, but it is in there. Um, this game, in contrast, I'll give a little bit away about Dark Forces. This game has multiplayer, so you can do arena battles in this game. You cannot do that in uh, Dark Forces. It is a single player game only.
0: And I guess we should mention um, that right now because Bungie <laughs> went on after the Marathon series to create um, Halo. That's right, which became like the multiplayer game. So yep. they learned from this game. I've never played this multiplayer cause I never know anyone else to have a Mac to play with, but that's probably a, a really cool feature that I've just never touched.
1: And another, another cool feature may be a first, I don't know, but there is, um, in game voice talking to your buddies while you're playing. So you can imagine that wow. in yeah. the year this came out, that's a pretty big deal. Um, I mean, look at my notes here. I covered the secondary firing. Um, oh, there, if you get the flamethrower, you can use it as a jet in low gravity. So you can like literally jump and then use the thing to, sh- to as a propel rocket yourself to fly around, around yeah. and stuff. That is actually pretty cool. I did that. The low a couple gravity of times levels were
0: kind of frustrating to me. The what? <laughs> low gravity was kind of frustrating to me.
1: It is frustrating. It was frustrating. Um, and then another thing that I thought was really cool, um, Oh, a couple of the bad things, because I did make a list of some of the stuff. Yeah. The AI is not good in this game. I was going to mention
0: that, but you go right on ahead.
1: (laughs) There will be times when uh, you'll be followed by a bunch of bad guys, and they will clump at doors. So there will be like five or six bad guys just trying to get through a door. I mean, they're so dumb. And you can just sit there and pick them off as they're going through the door. That is a Um, strategy
0: you will quickly learn and a lot of the gameplay becomes yeah you go into a room get all their attention and then back out down a hallway and then just you know fish in a barrel they walk down the hallway one by one and you just keep picking them off
1: yep so that's that um and then one thing i did not like was a lot of the puzzle elements of marathon were building bridges to get out of rooms or into rooms And you had to move a lever here and a block rises up and builds a bridge or blah, blah, blah. They're not difficult. So they're not going to be something that you're going to get hung up on, really. They're just kind of annoying.
0: Did you have a hard time getting off the first level? And then until you kind of figure out what the game was trying to get you to do? Yes. Yeah. So I think once you get a feel for what the game designers are kind of expecting of you, uh, yeah. the first level can actually be very frustrating. But then once you get it, you're like, oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do. And then the rest of the levels, you're looking for those things. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah, that's really, for me, that was marathon. I mean, I did, I did not finish the game, but I got, I think by, by, cause I kind of was researching it on the web. I think I completed about f- four chapters, three chapters. Okay. I think it was, I think I was in the fourth chapter. Okay,
0: I I think I yeah I didn't get uh, I didn't get uh, probably as far as you, but purely because um, I've only had a few days to play it. Um, that was in Germany. Right. But what I do really like it when you download the link that we we provided in the last show. Even the um, the Macintosh GUI is emulated, so this game is very much you're in the game, and when you like do a save or when you there's certain things you do. It would actually pull up the Macintosh operating system to do certain things. And so they had to kind of re emulate that into this game because obviously it can't, the Macintosh operating system isn't built into the code of the game. So they kind of had to add that. So it was cool because it looks like you're using the Mac while you're playing this game.
1: Yeah, the little dialogue boxes that come up for whatever. Yeah.
0: Which are, you know, black and white and they're very kind of, uh, you know, by today's standards, archaic, but to me, nostalgic, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think you hit on a couple things there. If you like narrative, atmospheric games, um, with you know, kind of some head, a little head crunchy, a little puzzly, uh, this game is awesome. You, I really never was. I, initially, I was kind of like, oh shoot, the screen's small, it's going to bug me. But the GUI sells it so well that it yeah. really doesn't bug me. Most most, time, most of the time, I can't play games in small windows, uh, and maybe it's nostalgia. I don't know. Uh, but I would say that the um the like you said the ai is a thing i never feel like the action itself is terribly enthralling um not to mention that the first like four aliens that types you encounter are palette swaps there's the green version of the skinny alien there's the purple version there's the red version and like an orange version right and they all do very similar things and act exactly the same just with more hit points um yeah then you get these floating machines, which is funny because Dark Forces has little floating machines as well. And then you have these, like, wizard-looking things that open their their cowls and they have an a orb in the center of their chest. Um, yeah, they're like, I-, I took notes here,
1: they're the hackers. They're called, like, the, the Four? Oh, that makes sense. P h h o r or something like that.
0: <laughs> see, and that makes sense. Now that you say that because typically when you walk into a room, they're not facing you. They're like up against the wall, like working on a computer.
1: They're on a terminal. Yeah, they're the hackers see, that's, that... that's immersive.
0: Yeah. That's smart. That's cool.
1: It is smart. And the funny thing is, Durandal will eventually, he, all he wants to do is be free, like free of the ship and be able to roam the universe as an AI consciousness. He teams up with those hacker dudes and to get their freedom. And then if I remember right, you start blowing away the other aliens, but they're the hacker dudes are now on your side or something. There's like a weird twist in Marathon that I didn't quite get to in the chapter I got to, but I was reading about it. So there's a whole little cool story going I'm gonna
0: on. I'm going to keep playing. All I know is I'm going to keep playing because, yeah. again, maybe it's nostalgia, but I do enjoy the game very much. And um, let's see here. Uh, we're talking about first-person shooters, but in space. So out of... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good out of uh, if you're going to set your phaser, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> this is, we're going to get more more uh, verbal, more metaphorical here uh, for this game. On you know on on the on a scale from um, tickle to kill, <laughs> where are you setting your yeah. phaser on this game?
1: So like there'd be tickle, stun, uh Whatever you whatever you feel is kill. yeah,
0: in, in between there, yeah, exactly. Um yeah. uh disembowel, I don't know, whatever you come up with, but where on the on the where are you setting <laughs> your phases for this one?
1: Um I would set it at um I would set it at uh extreme like like pain. Like uh
0: <laughs> Extreme pain, okay,
1: okay. Yeah, extreme pain, not kill. Um not even um not even knock you unconscious just be like a I'm, I'm just gonna set it for extreme pain yeah
0: okay so so extreme pain would be like what percentage on the dial i guess is that yeah.
1: let's do percentage on the dial i would say like a 73 okay okay 73 yep
0: i think i'm right in line with you uh, i would also set yeah. it to uh incapacitate yeah
1: <laughs> exactly um,
0: uh, I don't want you necessarily to die, uh, but I want to hurt a little when you fall. So uh, I'm going to go with yeah, 72, 72 all on right. this one. Perfect. Adding my nostalgia into it, I probably enjoyed it like an 85, but yeah. I can t- I can turn that back because I know that's purely that part of it that I'm enjoying. So, all right, let's look for some dark forces.
1: Yep. Let me give oh, you some dry real statistics. Quick, on real quick question, Wars, uh, Eric? Forces. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I was just in Germany. This is going to be tying Germany back into everything. Yeah. And, you know, the traditional dress for males in Germany is the lederhosen. Yeah. Do you know what the traditional dress is for women in Germany? I'll, uh, g- I'll give you a hint. You kind they... of said it a bunch of times in the last 10 minutes.
1: I did, huh? Without a knowing derndel? it.
0: dirndl? Yes. A dirndl? It's a dirndl.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know how they spelt it on... Uh, on on this game on marathon
1: but it's yeah. it's a durndle yes interesting i wonder if they knew that or i don't know <laughs> interesting all right so dark forces let's talk about some stats so um the developer was lucas arts and some would on the internet would say lucas arts doesn't make bad games i've i've heard that many times on the internet um, the, let's see for some other things here. Uh, the composer was Clint Bajakian. Um, the series is the Star Wars Jedi Knight series. Uh, the, the, the game engine that this was built in was called the Jedi engine. The platforms that, uh, this game came out for were MS-DOS, Macintosh, and PlayStation. Uh, The release date was February 28th, 1995. This is a first-person shooter, and it is a single-player game. So this one is a LucasArts game, officially licensed Star Wars game. Um, It looks like it, from from the research that I've done, it was released simultaneously on the MS-DOS and Macintosh. And then it came out with... Then it came out on the 1990s, I'm sorry, it came out on the PlayStation, the first one, PlayStation 1, 1996. Um, I'm going to read this part right from Wikipedia. The story is set in a fictional Star Wars expanded universe and begins shortly before the original Star Wars film, um, before flashing forward to a year after the film's events. Um you play the the main protagonist in this game is a playable character named Kyle Katarn. Um he's a mercenary working on behalf of the Rebel Alliance who discovers the Galactic Empire's secret Dark Trooper project. Mm. Uh, which is kind of a secret soldier. That's
0: Eric's favorite trooper.
1: Exactly. The Dark Trooper. Which involves the development of a series of powerful new battle droids and power-armored stormtroopers. So that is the dry statistics.
0: Very cool. So I'll start with the gameplay this time a little bit. Sure. I think if that's all right. Please. Um, so this is another game I played when I was younger. I, pl- as I mentioned earlier, I actually played this on a Mac as well. In fact, I'll take you back real quick. Here you. Oh, nice. So imagine if you will, it's Thanksgiving, and probably what am I at, at this point? Eleven, twelve. Yeah. Um, and. Everyone's downstairs talking, and my cousin, who's actually 10 years older than me, uh, has this game, and he has a Mac, believe it or not. And so my mom had mentioned to him, oh, it's cool that you got that new game. This guy's a big Star Wars fan. Uh, Bring it over, because my mom thought you could just plug in the CD-ROM, copy all the files onto the Mac, because she was a dirty pirate without knowing it, and (laughs) then give the CD back and just play the game whenever I want. I quickly learned you cannot do that so no. i spent the entire thanksgiving playing this game on my mac um while everyone was downstairs doing thanksgiving i was upstairs for like five hours playing dark forces that
1: sounds um
0: perfect. yeah because again and and mac by the way i'm sure did not get this game until like two years later i don't no. know if you've mentioned that or not uh, uh, there's no way it came out on the pc and the mac at the same time this is probably like two years down the road they're like hey guess this new mac game we have
1: um, yeah, so the the statistics I had just said that the, the DOS and Macintosh versions were released in 95. And when I did the research offline here, I couldn't find any exact dates when those released. So that could very well be possible.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it has to have been at least months apart. I'm, I'm surprised it's within the same year. But okay. uh, that being said, uh, that's where I played this game first, on my Mac. And uh, so there was some some nostalgia for this one as well. But I only played four hours. Uh, so I actually played this, um, again on the PlayStation about, oh man, when actually, I think I, I, you know, when I played it, Eric, I think I played this, I downloaded it and put it on my PlayStation classic. Oh yeah. And I ended yeah. up playing through mostly the whole game Oh on really? The, on wow. the classic, uh, which is okay. not the way to play it, but that's how I played it. Uh, Nonetheless, I play it this time on a PC. I actually paid two forty nine dollars and downloaded it on Steam. Yep, same uh, here. (laughs) Yep, perfect. And it it plays well. It's a good way to play it. Uh, I never did the thing you did where I actually uh, modified the controls so that I could look up and shoot. But then again, I was using the mouse, which you would think automatically should go up and shoot if you can't. But no, the defaults are set to left and right only. Uh, So that's how I played it. Okay. And I will say, what I will say about this game is it is, um, I would say it's a, a very much Doom, but with Star Wars. If you like Doom, if you like action games, um, yeah. you're not as big on puzzles, um, and you like Star Wars, you're going to love this game. That's uh, right.
1: It, it, did, it, it did remind me a lot more of Doom than Marathon did.
0: Yep. It is not particularly atmospheric, although... What I will say is the sound design in this game is excellent.
1: That, I, I have that in my notes right here. Um, the sound effects are amazing and pulled straight from Star Wars. So it feels you like you're playing a, a movie. Yeah, and if I mean the the blaster sounds, um, all that stuff is in here, and and they the, you have grenades in this, and they 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 make. it it, the sound design in this game is amazing that's what one thing i will give this game
0: if you don't know how much sound um adds to your experience of playing a game or doing really anything but try try loading this game with no sound on and play a level or two and then turn the sound on because it is most uh, most of my enjoyment of this game is the sound you you have this the star um stormtroopers doing all that stuff, like when you walk into a room, like, hey, what are you doing here? You know? That, the, yep. Like, straight out of the movies. Um, all the droids make their little... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. I'm watching the gameplay right now, but there's no sounds. So it just looks kind of ho-hum. The sounds yeah. make this game. Um, but it's very true to Star Wars. It has very Star Warsy y themes. Uh, there is one cool thing that it does, which is um, probably groundbreaking at the time, which is... is um, you know, it does use 3D, uh, you know, it's textured 3D panels and stuff. Uh, so it's, you know, more so than Doom. Um, you know, it's definitely a step above Doom as far as technology, although probably a step behind Doom as far as the fact that you can tell it's kind of corny. Um, but what was I trying to get at here? I had a really good point. Um...
1: See how in that in that because we're watching the video, he's looking up, he and firing up. up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, mine, mine did not, mine did not do that. Okay. Um, oh, is I, this, that's what it's going to be? It's kind of unique because it only happens at the very beginning, at the very end of the level. But your little ship that drops you off in each zone, yes, kind of flies in 3D, lands, and then you drop off, and it picks up and flies off again. Yep.
1: And it almost feels slick.
0: out of place because even though it, lay yeah, it's impressive and it's slick. It doesn't look like the rest of the game at all.
1: <laughs> right. No, you're right. Another thing that should be noted um, is that this game is in full screen. There's no HUD. Mm-hmm. Um, there are HUD elements around the screen, but the the graphics on the Jedi engine, which this is built on, make it a full screen game.
0: Um, and in this game, you've got, you do have limited ammo and you will run out of it often. Um, yes. it your, is your primary, uh, um, blaster, I think is the, atti- uh, the, the specific word, the official word uh, shoots one bullet at a time. But then you have a kind of like this mic machine gun blaster that you'll be using as much as possible. Uh, you will get to the point multiple times in the game where you are punching stormtroopers in the face. Cause you have no ammunition. Yeah. Um, there's lots of, uh, kind of spiral staircases, lots of buttons to open things. Um, i would say i actually quite enjoyed the puzzles in this one they're light puzzles it's yes. definitely more actiony but and the yes. puzzles are easier um uh it just feels like star wars it's a very star warsy game and, and at, at that they really excelled i did think it was kind of odd that uh in this game you don't just like complete a level you kind of meet objectives that you're given and then once you have them all met, the level doesn't end. You can keep playing, even though there's nothing to do. You have to hit escape once all the objectives are met. Do you, right. you notice that, right? I did, yep. Which I thought was a little odd. So you could, I mean, for the first level, kind of like a marathon, you're, you you might just wander around and be like, how do I end this stupid level? Until you kind of pay attention and you're like, oh, I was supposed to hit escape. And now I can, when I hit escape, instead of just heading back to the main menu, I can actually say complete level.
1: Yeah and it's worth noting the the levels are very large in this game so it's easy to get lost like i i ended up watering wandering around on a few levels quite a bit before i could figure out where i was going or what i was supposed to do yep um and there's a lot of backtracking in, in this game like you go yes. here and then you have to go back to where you started or whatever um that kind so of backtracking me,
0: can remind me of power slave actually that way
1: yeah yeah you're right exactly yep it did remind me of that quite a bit um There are, once you get further, again, I didn't get super far in this game, but there are a lot of um, different enemy types in this game. I mean, I know in the beginning, in the first couple levels, it's a lot of stormtroopers, but there are a lot of different types of enemies that you do see throughout the entire game. And they're all kind of lip service to the Star Wars world, right? I mean, they... Yeah. They, there is a lot of fan service to Star Wars.
0: Yeah, again, it's a very Star Wars game, and I'm very impressed with it that way. So, for example, you know, lots of stormtroopers, which is great. Unfortunately, they're kind of like the fodder. You know, you shoot them twice or whatever, and they're dead. That's and then right. they have, like, you know, when you go on the Death Star, those guys with the big black hats. Somehow yeah. those guys with no armor can take, like, four hits. I don't understand that. but And then they've got... Um, even these little robots that just walk around the the f- facility and you know the little like maintenance robots are just w- walking around the ground and if you bend down you can shoot those. Uh, yep. But probably the most the time where I kind of had the biggest aha moment is that you get to a level where you're kind of messing around in the the this brown muck and it's kind of like the garbage chute, if you remember yeah. that that yep. episode or the episode that uh
1: the trash compactor
0: like yeah. I guess they do call them episodes but yeah the trash compactor exactly. And you're in this brown muck and those little like eyeballs pop out of the muck. And if they pop up behind you uh, and they're right next to you, then they can bite you or whatever. And and so you're kind of trying to blow them up. Uh, There's also another weapon in here, the detonators. Yep. I hated using those. And when you ran out of ammo, you kind of had to use those. They are very hard to throw far enough away from you that you wouldn't hurt yourself.
1: That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um,
0: but yeah, I'm not sure what else to say about this game other than when you check it out, you'll kind of get a flavor for it real quickly. But what what any other thoughts what, from you?
1: Yeah, the one thing I found that was kind of uh, funny was that when you do finally in the game reach the super soldiers, the those those enhanced stormtroopers, you know, they're like the, the jacked up. They 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 were just as easy to kill as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just kind of funny because I was like, oh, that's one of those guys that. You know these these new genetically engineered dudes or whatever they're supposed to be. So I was all getting ready, and then they were like easy to mow down, just as easy as anybody else. So that was kind of uh, let down. <laughs> um, other than that, no, I mean that's really all I got. It, it. If you, I would say that this is a the graphics on this look great. The sound is hundred like the sound is amazing in this game. Um, the graphics are good. If you're a star Wars fan, you'll love seeing the things in this game. I mean, there's a lot of things you're going to recognize. Like there's a 3d, uh, hologram of the death star in one of the rooms you walk into, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and there's, there's officers and they're doing their thing, but there's like this, you know, there's just little things like that that you're going to see in this game that are amazing. One thing that will, that that I didn't like was the cutscenes. Everyone knows I'm anti cutscene, and there's a lot of them in this. But they're cinematic, though. They're cinematic. They're they're well done. They're well the well voiced. Um, The voice actors they got did a good job. Um, But there's still cutscenes, and th- th- there's a lot in this game. There's a lot of cutscenes when you finish levels, et cetera, et cetera. Um, other than that, it's a, solid, it's a solid shooting game. If you like shooting games, it's, you, you can't go wrong, really. I mean, especially for $2.49 on Steam, <laughs> you can give this a roll. It and holds up. You'll get, it you'll get up. a lot of enjoyment out of it, yeah. Uh,
0: two other things I wanted to point out. One was another thing, which is, even though it sounds funny, it actually does add to it. Uh, it, it feels very Star Wars because your blasters, like where, where you shoot, your gun will shoot more or less in that area. So yeah. just like in Star Wars, you're going to miss most of the time, but that's kind of it's kind of designed <laughs> that way. Yeah. On the contrary, exactly. I do wish that when you picked up a packet of ammunition it didn't give you 15 charges. It should give you like 40 charges. Because correct. you for a game where it feels accurate that you're missing all the time, then you need more ammo. <laughs> that's
1: great.
0: Uh, yes. That'd be my one kind of thing. Um outside of that the, the other gripe that i would think of right now is and honestly i do remember doing this when i played through with the playstation for me it became kind of a grind because and i'm looking at some of it now by going fast forwarding through this whole gameplay every level looks very similar yes. um the same shades the same textures the same enemies um it does get a little monotonous uh, but the level design and uh you know the the way they mix things up they do some clever tricks to make it kind of last longer than it looks like it should um but it is kind of same samey once you get a few hours into it but
1: yeah
0: all right eric that being said uh what are you setting your phasers to on this one
1: i'm gonna set this one to uh i'm gonna send this send this one to a high stun level
0: high stun as opposed to what was your last rating
1: uh hurt pain. Hurt. <laughs> hurt pain. So if that one was seventy two, my the other one was seventy two 73, 73. I think, uh, Yeah. Um I would put this one at probably sixty two.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. That's very interesting. For me, I would set this to about the same level incapacitate, but incapacitate and while leaving a little extra burn on your skin. So I'm gonna go with a seventy-five on this one. I actually like wow, this one so a little better. Wow, so you like this better. one better than Marathon? Yes. I oh, did. wow. Yep.
1: Interesting. I, I I really thought you'd pick Marathon.
0: You know, if I if I throw my nostalgia into it, I might pick Marathon. Yeah, and, and that's probably true. But if I take that out, I think this is the better game. And I think if I was going to recommend one to the average Joe Schmo, this is the one I'd have to recommend.
1: That's great, that's interesting. I, I liked the storyline, the original storyline. Maybe it's just because, yeah, maybe I'm a little oversaturated with Star Wars stuff. Um, because I th- it's just a, it's just a typical Star Wars story.
0: yeah, it is. Um, I, I think what you appreciate about it is the same thing that you and I both appreciate about like half-life, where it tells a story by you experiencing yes. the gameplay, not by it telling you the story. That's right. Which that's I, what fully I do appreciate,
1: with. And I, I, I probably place a lot more value on that than the, than the average person.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I cool. guess if you add the scores together, the winner is uh, actually marathon.
1: Yeah, I think it marathon. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's, it's cool that you, you preferred one and I prefer the other one. I mean, that's, that's why we do it. That's why we do it.
0: Why we do the hard work. So you don't have to listeners
1: exactly but they're both very good games they're both a lot of fun to play they're honestly both games that still listen they're they're old games but they still kind of hold up in that they're a lot of fun and they're, they're, they're high action you know?
0: what I think is I agree what I think is until recently they started making like Ion Fury and a couple other games until recently the first person shooters kind of became all the same for about 15 years there Definitely, and these yeah. kind of action arcade, even though Marathon is more slower paced, but kind of like it comes down to the gameplay purely, mm-hmm. um, that was kind of lost for, for quite a while. So to go back and play these really quick games where you can literally run through 12 rooms in under three seconds, and if you took the time to shoot everything, it might take you 40 seconds. It's yeah. just something visceral and exciting and fun about that that's kind of gone now. Yep. You know? And and then when you when you die, you don't die because some uh, seven year old shot you and then teabagged <laughs> you and then said uh, things about your mom. You know, it's just yeah. it's just good adult fun. Dying yeah. by yourself in a in a room yeah. with a big window that looks out to space.
1: Yeah, my my mom <laughs> takes a lot of heat when I play modern <laughs> FPS games for some reason.
0: Eric, were you playing a game recently? Because my Twitter is blowing up
1: yeah she's uh she's
0: she's heavily besmirched my, my new threads account is blowing up <laughs> excellent <laughs> excellent eric that is an episode of pixel guide in but let me tell yeah, you listeners we got it. it was nice to be back it is good to be b- uh, let me tell you listeners uh what you can look for next episode which would come out july 30th if my math is correct uh, we are going to yes. go ahead and, first of all, make sure we have Tim on the show, so the two become three for the second episode of every month. Uh, Tim Drew joins us, and uh, we're going to have an Eric's Take segment. Eric, when you're going to
1: discuss what? Xbox Live Arcade. Ooh. It's now almost 20 years old. And In fact, it is about 20 years old if you count the original one on the original Xbox, so um and what it means because it has historical significance i'm actually very so i talk about that in I, my tape
0: i'm very interested the only xbox live arcade, live arcade anything i've played are when they took some of those yeah. games and put them on a disc they put like three on a on a physical copy i bought some yeah. of those after the fact but i've never been on xbox live arcade in my entire life
1: yeah and i was a playstation a guy you those years love a lot of things you love now though are directly related to that like game pass yeah Believe there would it. be no Game Pass if there wasn't Xbox Live Arcade. So I ch- kind of connect the dots, put two and two together, and kind of put together a little historical piece.
0: Well, come along with me on the adventure, listeners, and, and join me to listen to Eric's sake next month. Uh, in addition, we're going to uh, go ahead yeah. and catch up with Tim, like we like to do. We're going to also talk about six good games and a very interesting topic, which I don't, even to this moment, fully understand, even though I'm taking part in it. Uh, Tim chose the topic of six good eight bit wilderness games, which apparently means and I'll ask Tim next episode why, uh games kind of released in between the years of nineteen ninety five and twenty fifteen. We'll explain it better next time. Uh, 15, for eight right. bit systems in those years. So we've all picked we'll, a couple of games. We'll, we'll talk have
1: about him, we'll have him explain why. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very curious why, but I've got a couple and um very much looking forward yep. to that. So, all that and more on next oh. month's Pixel Guide in episode one eleven. Eric, do you have and anything? a game show, and oh, and a game show, which Eric has prepared. A- ambitious,
1: an, an ambitious game show with props and all sorts of things. It's going to be, it's going to be ambitious and crazy. We'll see if it flies i'm excited
0: i'm excited even if it fails like i'm excited (laughs) to see it fail if that's the case so (laughs) i appreciate the effort nonetheless eric let's see how this goes yeah so come join us on episode 111 next month but until then listeners remember it's it's dangerous dangerous to to go go alone alone. thank you again for listening you can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at Project. That's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O D D B A 1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S A N X I O N. If you're interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel Gaiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.